With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. What's up? This your boy Lil Duval. And check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed... Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. 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 Oh, let's go, Stinking Genius. Go, let's go. Congratulations on your Arizona Wildcats. We'll get to that in a bit. Why a bit? Why are we not doing the whole three hours on it? Because we had to do three hours on your picks, and I told you what was going to happen. And well, we're not going to talk about my picks today. Right, exactly. <laughs> so I, I want to keep my job. I want to keep the fans entertained. And there is an incredible finish that's going on right in front of our eyes right yes. now. I don't know what was going through the mind when you of my – What's that? <laughs> when you pitch the ball yeah. up by seven and try yeah. to kill the clock. <laughs> I, I, I don't – I mean, literally, I don't know how many plays you actually would have to run and – as I was going to explain, Florida State decided to run a pitch play oh. at the goal line. Literally, a, the quick pitch, too, not the long, drawn-out, old-school, halfback toss. No, no, no. One of those, like, 80-mile-an-hour pitch plays to a running back that never <laughs> makes any sense to me. And with the game that should have been very well in hand, suddenly LSU has the football. Where are they driving towards now? They're not quite to midfield yet, but... Uh, they're they're encroach, encroaching on the Florida State side of the field slowly but surely, and uh, and we might have one of those fantastic finishes here. Uh, Forty one seconds left in the game, yeah. actually less than that. Um, they they thirty five. Yeah. Forty one seconds left in the game. Uh, first and t- oh, you down to twenty five now. Remember, Arnie's always ahead of us. Yeah, thirty five. He's ahead of us. So uh, if he cannot figure out how to pause his TV and sync everything up so we can do this together. Let's go with my timing here, Arnie. Okay, okay. 41 seconds left. LSU has the football. They're at the 30. They're down by a touchdown, 24-17. We'll see how this thing plays out. Brian Kelly, who has looked miserable this whole game. Brian Brian Kelly's first interview was incredible. When they came out of the, the, the tunnel, 
whenever they came out, he talked to the sideline reporter for like 10 minutes. I was like, oh, man, look at Brian Kelly being all happy and sassy and stuff. And literally, my man hasn't cracked that same smile this entire game, Arnie. And it's very early, so, I mean, he's going to be fine at LSU. But uh, the only reason this is even as entertaining as it is is because Florida State is its own worst enemy right now. That's the only reason why we're even talking about it. You know, Chris, there was a lot of bad plays on this. You know, I was I wanted to see what Daniels was going to do. Of course, I went to Arizona. He went to Arizona State. Right. I wanted to see what kind of numbers he was going to put up. He had a great year. What was it, back in 2019? I think it was like 17 touchdowns, just two interceptions. I thought the, the, you know, his shelf was was just, the sky's the limit for him. I couldn't wait to see what he was going to do. You know, of course, with the COVID and then the following year after that, it was just an average year. So, I, I was expecting big things out of him, out of LSU. Now, just it, it's just one game, so we'll see what happens. But uh, my goodness, man, he's off to a bad start. Yeah, he is. He has not had a fantastic evening, but but he's got a chance here to to maybe sacrifice a little bit of respect from this game. You mentioned that 2019 season. Speaking of Jaden Daniels, the transfer quarterback from Arizona State to LSU. Wildly enough, they they played Florida State in the Sun Bowl that oh, year. Wow. I, I completely forgot about that. He was sacked three times. But he threw 17 touchdowns, two picks, uh, ran for almost 400 yards, had three scores, had a rough COVID season uh, right. last year. Things, And I think he only played, well, I mean, how many games did the Pac-12 even play that year? I think he only played in four games. But then last season, there was a lot of hype for Arizona State maybe being a little bit better with Jaden Daniels, and it just – it never really materialized. So he becomes the guy to start at quarterback in the first game for Brian Kelly. And this is, this has not been a game where I think we come away like we did after watching like Georgia this weekend or Ohio state persevering or the Arizona wildcats, uh, maybe USC, Baylor, others. I don't think anyone comes away from these two teams. And I really like Florida state, but I don't think anyone comes away tonight and says, man, one of these two teams is going to have something to say about the national championship. No, as, as a matter of fact, out of all the teams that played over the weekend, only Georgia really stuck out. Of course, Alabama, you know, you're playing cupcakes like that, but only Georgia um, did they flex their muscle. I went, wow, look what's going on. That uh, They just look phenomenal. They really pounded Oregon. I didn't, I didn't see that coming. I said, okay, maybe they'll win by two to three touchdowns. The line was 17, but I didn't see a 49 to three game. That was unbelievable. 13 seconds left. Why are they still rolling the clock here? They just spiked the football. Um, They've got a chance to throw it into the end zone here a couple of times, Arnie. They've pushed to the 29-yard line of Florida State. They started at their own one did LSU, so we may have a couple of shots at the end zone here for LSU to potentially tie or, if they go for two, win this football game. We'll see how it plays out. But 24-17, Florida State over LSU, seven-place, 70-yard drive so far for LSU. Started on their one-yard line. They had, what, two timeouts when the drive started. They're down to no timeouts. Of course, in college football, when you get the clock stopping at the first down, it kind of makes timeouts somewhat irrelevant. But I'm I'm with you, Arnie, as we welcome you. Listen, it's going to be a big NFL show tonight. Matt Verderam's coming up in a bit. As always, we're heading out to Vegas. We're going to talk to Todd Furman. But I'm with you. Not the best games. I mean, you had to drill a little bit deep. You had to be into Utah and Florida if you wanted a great game. I mean, North Carolina and 
and App State was just ridiculous. But there, there weren't those nail biters in week one, unless you were into Tulsa and Wyoming, like Artie, who picked Tulsa this past week. Thanks for giving <laughs> oh, yeah, the alma exactly. mater the kiss of death. <laughs> they, they had a potential game-winning field goal for our game-tying field goal for Wyoming that donked off the top of the upright, and they still won the damn game. But I, I, I really just came away in awe of Georgia and Alabama this weekend, and it's kind of been what college football was last year, too. And keep in mind, Georgia won its first game last year over a ranked Clemson team, and neither team scored an offensive touchdown. It was a 10-3 game, and the only touchdown came on a pick six. Yesterday, I don't know about you, but suddenly I'm like taking Heisman stock and Stetson Bennett with the way that he looked, Arnie. That was incredible. No, I mean, it was it was unbelievable performance, and I'm telling you, that Georgia team, I mean, they were just unbelievable. USC was good. Um, I was one, I can't wait to hear what you have to say about Caleb. And yeah, um, by good. the way, Florida State has called timeout. It is 24-17, and LSU's going to have the ball at the two-yard line. I thought it was at the one-yard line. I know that doesn't seem, yeah, it does, I know that doesn't seem like a big difference, but if you're going to like, no, he's at the two. I was going to say you could charge ahead from the two-yard line and, and pound, or one-yard line and pound that in. What do you call here? This is going to be unbelievable. It's the last play of the game. This is it. Doesn't make a difference, run or pass. Everything's an option here, you know? Barring a penalty, this is the last play of the game. Man, if you're Mike Norvell, the Florida State head coach, you've got to be just beside yourself, and you're mad at yourself, right? Because you made that decision. Mike Norvell, as I understand it, calls the plays. You call that pitch play. Um, still, though, you can't – your defense has been pretty good. You can't right. fathom a team driving 99 yards in a minute 14. But that's what LSU has done here. And they haven't done it with any deep passes. Arnie has been dink and dunk. In fact, this uh, this last throw – uh, that got him down to the two one yard line was just a little crossing pattern where they got the tight end underneath. They're checking the clock here. It is going to be two seconds or one second. I don't think the yeah. clock ran out if that's what I they're checking. Yeah. yeah, the clock did not run out. So it's unless either... his knee went down, and if the if the knee went down in bounds, that's it. Game's over. Well, the and, the, yeah. the 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 first down. Yeah, yeah. the first. Danny says that's what they're looking at. But so even well, they wouldn't oh, be able to get down, up and spike it. It went down. They're not going to have a chance to run another play, are they? No, no, they're not going. to Oh, you know what? If they get two seconds, because they'll be able to line up and spike it, because the clock will stop with the first down markers moving. And that is true. That is true. So and, and dummy Florida State called a timeout. I think that is true. Also, <laughs> so but we'll see. It, and, and maybe. Maybe they didn't charge Florida State the timeout like you said, Arnie. Maybe they said, hey, we're under a review right now. So you're going to see this before everyone else, so oh, make sure you let be, us know. That's going to be a lot of controversy. You brought that up. That's a great point. They call timeout, so they, they're they going to go and get the extra play unless they give them the timeout back. But I don't think they can do that at this point because they called it before there was a review, or, or at least I think that's the way it works, which I'm not sure. And, and again, for those of you that are just NFL peeps and couldn't care less about college, what is wrong with you? <laughs> but remember, the rules are very different. Right? I mean, you, you hit your knee like that in the NFL and you're untouched. You can still roll into the uh, – you can roll out of bounds and you're not right, down. Right, right. In college, as soon as your knee hits, you're down. Like, you don't have to be touched or anything. So, And, in fact, he, he might have even been touched, too. It's irrelevant in college. But uh, this is going to be a fascinating decision very late in this game. I, 
I thoroughly enjoyed this game. It got off to a bit of a rough start, but the oh, second half was pretty good. I thought LSU at the beginning, if you would have told me after the first, what, five or ten minutes of the game, I thought, oh, LSU is going to crush them. They, they're just too strong. The Florida State's in big trouble, and it just didn't turn out that way at all. Um, I'm shocked that even Florida State's in this position to win the game, but they were the better team, no doubt about that. Um, I, I do want to add one thing, though. Can I be nerdy replay guy? This isn't what replays for. I mean, I'm just, come on. I mean, we're looking at a knee down at the two-yard line with two seconds left, and there was an official right on top of it. There's going to be one second on the clock. Uh, They're going to say that he was down out of bounds. Um, Or I'm sorry, I'm sorry. That's the ruling on the field. I apologize. I apologize. Right, right. Yeah, they're still looking at it. They're still taking a look at it. So they've got it down to one second, so they got the time right. This is a long time there. i got to tell you, this is... This is like about five minutes now, three, four, five minutes that they're looking at this thing. And it, 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 Kelly's going ballistic on the sideline already. Hey, he's shown some emotion. Yeah, finally. We haven't seen much emotion from Brian Kelly tonight. I just so. thought I thought he was somebody's uncle that just had a good seat at the game. I, <laughs> I'm like, is this guy coaching or what is he doing for crying out loud? All right, so both teams, I mean, LSU is doing what they're going to have to do. They're lining up and they're getting ready because if – if that ball carrier is ruled inbounds, they're going to have literally like a millisecond to snap and spike the ball. Yeah, but they should have more than one second if they're looking at that also. Right? They they're have to be looking at that, you know? They're still looking at this thing. Oh, it's going to – and he's not backing away from the screen at, at this moment. Now, they have to have at least two to three seconds left, as a matter of fact, um, on the clock. That's enough to spike the ball. But what about the timeout yeah. like you bring up? What, right, what are exactly. They do there? Yeah. If, if Florida State did call a timeout there – then, then they'll hurry. Yeah. On my play-by-play, it says timeout Florida State. So we'll see. Uh, I, and I don't know if the timeout was called before they reviewed it. Now Mike Norvell's bringing his guys over. We always joke about this. You have massive jumbotrons, big screens, whatever the term is now, and literally the referee down on the field is looking at a, an iPad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you can look at the jumbotron and get as good of a view as you want. But just to calm those frustrations, there is – uh, they're communicating with a, a grand central station of replay that has all of the different angles and all of the different views to kind of make sure they're getting it right. The replay booth that they constantly show has every yeah. angle and, and bigger screens and things of that nature. You know the and here's another point they've they've walked over to the sideline LSU. The right. coaches are out and the people that come out and give them the water and stuff like that. They're acting like it's a timeout. You know what I mean? Because if they come back and go, oh no, the foot's down. You got two seconds. Let's go. It doesn't. You know. Again, they're acting like this is a timeout. Everybody coming out with water and stuff like that. Um. So. We wait. <laughs> yeah, we, it's, yeah, we wait. It's and they're going to continue to wait. They're still looking at it. It, it. To me, it shows that they're probably looking at the exact time, location, and and everything to get everything right here. So they're getting ready to make the announcement. <laughs> okay, um, I love Ross Dellinger. He's one of my favorite college football re- reporters. He just tweeted: LSU would have to snap it as the official blew the whistle. It would be the final play of the game, I guess. I don't know. I don't know anything. Right, here's what drunk. it's going to do. He was in bounds for first down. By rule, the clock will stop. They'll have time for one play. Yep, so, and by rule, you can get the ball off right away. Okay, so we're right, going so to get. They don't have to spike it, Chris. We they don't have to spike it. They can oh, just hike it. Oh, okay, that's a good yeah, call. Right. They don't have to hurry up and spike it. Yeah, they, they can, can just hike it because I now now and again, I didn't know they've got their rules analyst talking about this. I didn't know because. In college football, and oh well, you know it's a good point too because they would have time to they, if they've had 
10 minutes to go over this. I mean, literally, this was the first thing that seemed to happen two minutes into our show. So they would have the opportunity to say, here's the play we're going to run. Right, Snap exactly. and run this play. Yeah, that now, makes a lot as, more sense. As soon as the referee lets go of the ball with his hand and says it's in play, the center must snap it immediately. Otherwise, the game is over, right? Because the, and I don't know, maybe they gave him back the timeout, but it, it must be snapped immediately because there's only one second left on the clock. And again... Florida State did call a timeout. Yes. Um, I don't understand. Oh, wait a minute. Now, they just used the second timeout now, Florida State. Oh, okay. Okay, so So the first one must have counted them. Okay, there you go. So we'll have a little bit of time to breathe. We'll keep an eye on this. Wow. What What do you do here? What do you do here, Arnie? I'm uh, going in the shotgun, and I'm telling my quarterback uh, to run right up the middle. If you see an opening, go for that. That's the number one option. Um, He's a runner. I think he can get in. Uh, Spread him out. Spread him thin and uh, and take off right up the middle. Yep. I think the same thing, too. So first and goal, let Jane Daniels try to force overtime here. Yeah. And if you get your touchdown – do you even have a conversation about no. two? Okay. No, don't even bring that up. Stop it. Okay, I, listen. I'm, we've seen it a couple times this weekend. We we've seen it, and we are now on the final one second of this game. And- on two timeouts and a 10-minute review, it seems like. And people are confused on Twitter all over the place. Like our buddy Clay Travis said, why did FSU take a timeout? Wouldn't it have been a running clock? I don't think people realize that that was their second timeout right. um, that they used. Well, and then I also, everyone's everyone's trying to lay out a 10-second runoff. There, all right. There's no 10-second runoff. Chris, I mean, I don't I'm, I don't know where that's even coming from. We got a touchdown LSU, and I'm going to take that back. I'm going to take that back because it still said that, oh, no, Florida State was down. Yeah, Florida State did use two timeouts. But, yeah, touchdown LSU, two-yard touchdown reception. They're going to go and try to tie this thing up. Boy, is Florida State really, really Jenkins. on this one. Wow. Absolutely. So there was a rule change this year, too. There was a rule change, and it's been in place, I say, this year over the last couple of years. If the game clock expires at the end of a half and replay determines there was time remaining, the clock should start on the referee signal after the review. There must be at least three seconds remaining when the ball should have been declared dead to restore time really? to the clock. Now, it does say Florida State with two timeouts, so I don't know why. Maybe they didn't count the first one, Chris, which would be a Man. major. Oh! What happened? Oh! The, 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 the extra points, no good. Florida State wins. You got to be kidding. You no, got kidding. to be kidding me. I am not kidding you. Uh, I think it was hit at the line, and that's it. Game over. Florida State wins it 24-23. Um, it almost got to the to the crossbar. It didn't make it. Somebody's got their paw on that thing, and it was blocked. That's it. It was blocked, and it just <laughs> fell, uh, fell to the ground. That's it. Game over. For those of you that watch on a uh, fire stick or, or watch streaming, uh, as as I sit here and watch old boy, and by the way, those of you on iHeart, you have a ridiculous delay. I think the replay has just started if you're listening in on iHeart. Uh, but now I'm just now getting to see the kick. I'm just now getting to see this kicker, Donk one, and yeah, no, he never got it off the ground. I mean, he he must have whiffed on that or something. Yeah. That's ridiculous. All right, yeah, yeah. wild finish to LSU and Florida State. LSU drives 99 yards for what looked like a game-tying touchdown, and then they missed the extra point. Florida State wins it 24-23. We'll talk to Matt Verderam from Fansided Next on Fox Sports Radio. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. 
And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Hey, it's Ben, host of The Fifth Hour with Ben Maller. It would mean a lot to have you join us on our weekly auditory journey. You're asking, what in God's name is The Fifth Hour? I'll tell you, it's a spinoff of The Ben Maller Show, a cult hit overnights on FSR. Why should you listen? Picture, if you will, a world where we chat with captains of industry in media, sports, and more every week. Explore some amazing facts about human nature and more. Listen to The Fifth Hour with Ben Maller on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Florida State wins Mm. on a missed extra point. Here's what it sounded like on the FSU radio network. It was electric. Oh, maybe. Damian Ramos, who might be the most nervous person in the Superdome right now. Roy to snap, Ramlet to hold, to send it to free football. Snap, spot, blocked! Yeah! It's no good! Yeah! It's blocked! Shaheen Brown has got his men on it! Fire up the war chant and plant the spear! Nose win! Nose win! Mike Norvell, you have your signature win! Early on in non-conference play! Great call. Wow. Uh, wow. Jeff Kulhane on the Florida State Radio Network. I, I haven't had a chance to really go knee deep on the replay yet. Right, right. But it looked like he didn't hit it well off his foot. It, it looked like that it was going to be low anyway. Right. It looked like it was going to be low. You know, even after I think it got blocked, it, it, it almost made it to the crossbar there. I don't know if you <laughs> saw that. And by the way, over under 48 in the game, 24-23 oh. final, 40, 47. <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> How about that finish? Uh, okay, uh, well, Matt Verderam is going to join us. We want to make sure we have plenty of time to talk to Matt. So with the craziness of the – oh, by the way, I just watched the replay. There's a reason why it was a mishit. One of the Florida State players missed block. He had a free run on it, dove, never really got off the ground. Matt Verderam in a minute, but first, let's get caught up on everything with Steve DeSager. And it looked like it was blocked and it hit the crossbar. It yeah. went straight down. Oh, so it did hit the oh, crossbar. Yes. Oh, my goodness. Uh, let's be honest. This wasn't much of a football game for much of the night, but it was completely wacky at the end. Remember the two turnovers in the final couple of minutes, one each side. Florida State was up 7-3 at the half. Florida State was up in New Orleans tonight, 24-10 with about five minutes to go and holds on 24-23 as, yes, LSU scored a touchdown with no time left. But the extra point was blocked. And keep in mind, LSU also had a 30-yard field goal attempt blocked in the first half. So they start 0-1 under Brian Kelly. Tomorrow night, number four, Clemson against Georgia Tech in Atlanta. 
The defending Super Bowl champion Rams will play the opening night game this Thursday hosting Buffalo. Rams quarterback Matthew Stafford has no limitations on his right elbow after being on a throwing schedule in camp. Men's number one at the U.S. Open, Daniil Medvedev lost tonight in four sets to Nick Kyrgios. Today, Coco Gauff of the U.S. advanced to the quarterfinals there for the first time. Dustin Johnson won the Live Golf Tournament in Boston in a playoff, and NASCAR tonight started its playoff season in Darlington, South Carolina, and the winner is Eric Jones. So none of the 16 (laughs) postseason contenders secure their spot into the round of 12. By the way, the season finale at Phoenix is November the 6th. Did you see Kevin Harvick was in the top 10 final stage and his car just burst into flame? Eric Jones the winner. Denny Hamlin finished second. MLB's Sunday night game was at Dodger Stadium, L.A. 9-4 over the Padres, the final. Everything's final, even the game at Cleveland, which had a four-and-a-half-hour rain delay in the fourth inning. Seattle eventually wins at 11 innings, 6-3 over the Guardians. Seattle has won seven in a row. The Yankees got a leadoff homer from Aaron Judge, number 53, and they won 2-1 at Tampa Bay. Meanwhile, the Mets lost at home to Washington, Uh. 7-1, while the Braves won their fifth game in a row, 7-1 over Miami. One-game lead. A one-game lead in the NL East. If the Yankees had lost, they'd only be up, what, three over the Rays. So that was a huge Yankee win. Aaron Judge absolutely carrying them today. St. Louis beat the Cubs 2-0. Albert Pujols pinch hit to run homer in the bottom of the eighth, the only scoring career home run. Number 695 for him. Back to you. Thanks, Steve. All right, Matt Verderam has been patient with us. Matt, the craziness of this Florida State-LSU game pushed us back a bit. We appreciate you being flexible. Here's your takeaway that can permeate across all levels of football, and I know you'll appreciate this. Special teams matter, Matt Verderam. Special teams matter. I thought only the Chargers could lose a football game like that. <laughs> so, it's uh, LSU... Getting it, getting it out of the way early is just a good omen for teams in the NFL that seem to lose games in the wildest of ways. <laughs> you know, Matt, I, you, actually, let's start with that. You brought up the Chargers. A lot of people are high on the Chargers bandwagon. They're home against Las Vegas. Uh, this is something where they got to come out of the box real strong, show that the things have changed. And I mean, I know there's, uh, you know, 17 games and it's a long season, but it would seem like the if you're going to pick a team that kind of has to get off on the, on the right foot, it'd be the Chargers. You know, it is 17 games, but I always put it in the context of that would be, if that was baseball, that's like half of a month. (laughs) So it's a sprint. Like football, but the Chargers are actually fascinating in that regard this year because when you look at them, their first two games are home against the Raiders, although that's going to sound and feel like a road game. And then four days later, they're at Arrowhead for Thursday Night Football. Now, they may or may not have J.C. Jackson for one or both of those games. Those are enormous games for the Chargers. That is, that is two divisional games. They are games that if you lose, you're in a huge hole in a division that you figure is probably going to take 12 wins to, to be at the top of, if not even maybe 13. So you know, the Chargers, for all the hype, and I think if you look at the top 10 players on every team in the league, I think the Chargers have the best 10 of anybody. Wow. I worry about the depth. I also worry about the coach to some degree, although I think Staley will be better this year. I think he'll probably pick his spots a little bit more where to be aggressive. But I do think with the Chargers, like I get people picking them, but I also look at them and say, I, I need to personally see them win one game that matters before I can start putting them in the Super Bowl. Mm. 
Couldn't agree more. Um, I get a lot of Bronco love. And, Matt, you and I have talked about it. It's, I've kind of joked about it. Every offseason, it seems as if the Broncos have put together this incredible roster. They just need a quarterback. Now they have him. As, as we inch, and we'll be able to talk about this game next Sunday night because you don't play until Monday night, but just with the Russell Wilson mega contract this week, how do you kind of view the Broncos heading into 22? You know, I think of all the teams that are contending type teams, they are probably the team I have the least feel for because Same. there's a lot of moving parts with them. Like, the, obviously, Russell Wilson's a huge upgrade. Then they have the first year head coach. Defensively, their underlying metrics, like a lot of the analytics say they actually were not very good last year. And now they added pieces in Gregory and DJ Jones, but they lose Fangio, who as a head coach wasn't good, but as a defensive mind, one of the best in football. So there's this push pull. I think ultimately they're a playoff team. I think they're about a 10 win team. I think Kansas City and LA both have more talent. I think both are better. But I also would say that Denver has a very easy first half of the year on paper. And if they can really get rolling, get some confidence, maybe stay healthy, then all of a sudden you look at them a little bit differently. But I do think Denver will break their streak of missing the playoffs since they won Super Bowl 50. I don't know that I think they're a top five team in the conference, though. Mm. Matt, confidence level high for your Kansas City Chiefs during Arizona taking on the Cardinals. Anything you're worried? Did you, are you less worried about missing Tyreek Hill than you were at the beginning of the preseason? You know, look, Tyreek Hill's amazing. They're not going to replace Tyreek Hill. Like, I, I've seen people argue that they're better without Tyreek Hill offense. I, I don't know that I can get there. That seems, that seems like wishful thinking for Chiefs fans. I would say, I think offensively, they'll have about the same output. They'll just be different. Like, I, I think it would be more 10 and 11 play drives, more of a West Coast style offense. Um, I think they might be a little more efficient. They won't be as flashy. But, you know, it's hard. Like, I've been asked by everybody that I've spoken to in the last month, like, who do you think should win the division? Who do you think will win the West? You can make a case for anybody. <laughs> I guess for me, when it's close like that in any argument or about a game, a division, whatever, who's got the best coach and who has the best quarterback? They do on both right. counts. So I would pick, I'd pick them. Plus, they just they win. I mean, they win every <laughs> big game they're in just about. So I – I think they will be very good, uh, but I also think the Chargers are going to give them a run, and I think Denver and the Raiders have enough talent. They, if things break right, they could be interesting. I saw my new favorite shirt, by the way. You saying it made me think of it. I had a picture of Barry Switzer, and it said, winners win. We need to get one of those with Andy Reid and Pat Mahomes. Winners win. Because <laughs> I think that's where everyone talks Raiders, Broncos, and obviously Chargers, but winners win, man, and that's what they do. Thursday night, Matt Verderam joins us from Fansided. We get the Rams and, and the Bills, and Bills are hot. No Brian Dable. We'll get to that in a second. But, you know, Sean McVay comes out and says, no concerns about Matt Stafford's elbow. Huh. I get it. That's maybe some coach speak. How concerned is Matt Verderam about the health of Matt Stafford? Somewhat concerned. I, I want to see him. Obviously, we haven't seen him all preseason. He might come out and rip the ball and look fine. And then, sure. Yeah, okay, well, that's fine. Or he might come out and you watch him throw the ball and you're like, okay, he, he's good, but something's not quite right. So I'm somewhat concerned. I want to see Stafford come out and play. Yeah, you know, he's going to have a couple big hits in the game. You have one or two every game. So I, I want to see him, you know, if he gets a hit to that side of the arm. You know, okay, how is he going to handle it? So um, I'm not wildly concerned about it, but 
anytime a quarterback has an elbow issue, you you have to pay attention to it. I think you'd be naive not to. Matt, remember last week I was kind of kidding around about Tua and I was going to bet on him to win the MVP. <laughs> Somebody actually put a big bet on Tua at like uh, 40 or 50 to 1, maybe more than that, to win the MVP. I'm telling you that Miami's the one team I think a lot of people are looking forward to seeing on what they're going to do with the addition of, obviously, a Tyree Killen and what Tua's going to do this year, you know? Yeah. You know what? Miami's fascinating from the standpoint. It feels like a completely new team. I mean, you have a new head coach. Yeah. You have Hill. You have Armstead and Connor Williams on the offensive line. You have Cedric Wilson. Um, I mean, you just have so many new parts. Obviously, Tua is not new, but it almost feels like, you know, Tua 2.0, whatever that looks like. Now, I will say, I think they're the second best team in the division, which obviously is a shot at them. Buffalo is excellent. But I, I think um, my question with, with Miami is just simply going to be look, can Tua make teams pay? down the field. I don't even mean 40, 50-yard bombs. I mean like a 15-yard, 20-yard deep out, a corner route, a, you know, a, a skinny post down the middle of the hash. To sit, like, can he make teams pay if they come up and they get up into the box and say, look, we're not like, giving you anything cheap, and if you're going to beat us, you're going to beat us down the field. If he can do that, they very well could be a playoff team because I think defensively there's a lot of talent. And I, I do believe in McDaniel. I think he's a good mind. I'm impressed by him. It's just, to me, going to come down to Tua's got to be the guy. And I know, you know, you hear all this stuff with Miami all season, and it always comes with that caveat of, like, well, if Tua's good. Well, yeah, but, of course, it's a big caveat. Like, he's he's got to be good. I think the rest of the team around them is. I'm, I, I'd like to see the offensive line a little bit. Just I want to see it gel. But they are they are talented enough. To win 10 games, I would just be curious to see Tua look right out of the gate. Their schedule is hard. What do they look like? Final thought for me, Matt. How much will not having Brian Dayball affect Josh Allen? Or with everything we've heard kind of in the new regime of running the offense, it's familiarity, right? I I, I don't feel like he's going to skip a beat. Am I being short-sighted here? Well, you know, we talked about the AFC West earlier. I feel like yeah. this is when, like, Doug Peterson would leave Kansas City and Matt Nagy would leave Kansas City. And she's like, that's fine. We have another guy. I, now, it's a little different in the sense Andy Reid's an offensively-minded head coach. McDermott is defensive-minded. Um, but Dorsey, Ken Dorsey, the new OC, he comes up as, as in the system. I mean, he was their quarterback's coach. So I'm not worried about that. I'll tell you what, I, I am – Although I'm picking the Bills, by the way, to win the Super Bowl. My bigger concern with Buffalo is Tredavious White is on the pup list. You don't know when he comes or when he's eligible to come out off after four weeks. Is he going to be able to play? That is a significant thing. Like on Thursday night, are you putting Elam, their rookie first round pick, are you putting him on Cooper Cup? Like, what are you? Is it going to be Tron Johnson? Who's taking Allen Robinson? If you have White, you don't worry about that as much. You worry about that a lot, and, and I think that all means their pass rush early in the year, it better be good. Von Miller better be good right out of the gate. They better get something out of Greg Rousseau right away in the second year. If they don't, that that corner situation could be a, a problem for them that costs them a game or two against a very tough slate early on. Matt, last thing, I'll let you go. One team, one player that you're looking at that you can't wait to see what they do this weekend that uh, you got your eyes on. 
team, I, I would say Minnesota in a weird way. Kevin mm-hmm. O'Connell's an offensive coach, comes over from the Rams. Minnesota to me has a lot of talent offensively, but they've played this archaic style of offense for years. They play the Packers, an important game, at home. What do you got? I think the Packers have a top five defense in the NFL. I think it's a really good test for Minnesota right out of the gate. And for players, it's got to be your guy, Tua. Ooh. Is like what we have heard the Dolphins have had a campaign for him all season. Let's see it. I want to see it. They're playing the Pats. They should win that game. They're better than oh, yeah. they're at home. Oh, yeah. Win it. Show me something. Love Thanks it. for your patience tonight, Matt. Can't wait to talk week one with you next week. Enjoy the NFL, man. Thanks, Matt. Absolutely. Take care, guys. Take care. Uh, Matt Verderam. Check out his Twitter feed at Matt Verderam on Twitter. And fan-sided. First thing tomorrow morning, he'll drop his uh, his weekly column, and it's fantastic. Okay, quick break. When we come back, still trying to make sense of the end of the Florida State-LSU game. Plus, <laughs> we got a full weekend of college football to recap. One more game left tomorrow night, Clemson and Georgia Tech. But I still don't know if we learned much this weekend. We'll try to figure out what we learn next on Fox Sports Radio. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Brian Kelly is meeting with the media as we speak. Yeah, he doesn't look Florida happy. State <laughs> LSU on a blocked extra point. How about this note? He becomes the first LSU head coach. To lose his debut since 1995, that was Jerry DiNardo. Wow. Big Ten Network star Jerry DiNardo. That's right. So we'll uh, we'll get some of this audio. I'm sure the editors behind the scene are, scenes are chopping it up, but that's a great way to describe it, Arnie. He does not look happy no, right now. No, he's got a sourpuss face, no <laughs> doubt about that. That's been the whole game with him, man. <laughs> uh, David Hale, who's a writer for ESPN, just tweeted this. Six ACC games were decided by one possession, included one by a field goal, one by two, and three by one point. The ACC. They had teams that lost to Old Dominion, nearly lost to Appalachian State in East Carolina. Uh, how, how about the Old Dominion game, by the way, from what was that, Friday night? Was that Thursday night? Anyway, Friday night, Friday night. They had the coaches got stuck in the elevator. It was like high school. We, they couldn't start the second half of the game because the Virginia Tech coaches were stuck, and, and I think Old Dominion coaches too, they were stuck in an elevator, Arnie, so they couldn't get back up to the oh press box, goodness. so we had a delay. How funny. Hey, by the way, did you, since we're all over the place on some college football, did oh, yeah. you see the local newspaper on the uh, the headline for the victory Iowa. on the Iowa Hawkeyes? Did you yeah. see that? They didn't have, where they keep all the... The, uh, O's. The, the O's out of it. It said Iowa victory, but they left off the O in Iowa and the O in victory because there was no O. So, so <laughs> I, a funny story about that game. Last night I was filling in for Bernie Fratto, 
Yeah. And when when I got home from the Oklahoma game, it was Arnie. It was so hot. I mean, we uh, I've been in some warm environments. That was pretty pretty toasty. So I got home. I was a little done. I needed to take a nap. So I uh, fell asleep a little bit during the the Ohio State Notre Dame game. Woke up as it wrapped up. Rewatched some of the highlights. And then I saw the score of the Iowa, who was it, like North Dakota game? Yeah. <laughs> and South Dakota, excuse me. Yeah. And, and I saw it was 7-3. to three. And I thought, huh, guess they had a touchdown and, and had a never, field goal. And, and never even really thought to look at it. And uh, we, got, uh, we got a new update guy. He's pretty good, uh, Nick Cope. And Nick, Nick was giving the update, and I quickly realized – they didn't score a touchdown. Nope. So I had to go yeah. back and dig, and I'm like, what in the hell? Because there was no way we're talking about Iowa and South Dakota State on national – or South Dakota, excuse me, unless something – or it is South Dakota State, isn't it? Unless something ridiculous happened in the game, no touchdowns, a field goal, and two safeties. That's unbelievable. When's the last time somebody won a game um, on, on two safeties and a, and a field goal? That's crazy. Have no idea. But thank you very much, Iowa. Now, let's hit some tweets. To wrap up hour one, it's Arnie and Plank on Fox Sports Radio. Bobo running the show. Danny G hooking us up with great guests like Matt Verderam. Thank you so much to Matt for being flexible tonight. Uh, and, and also Steve DeSager on updates. He's got a full segment coming up in an hour from now. But the uh, the tweets, as they typically are, on fire to start the show. Though this one, this one threw me off a bit. Uh, Mark hits us up and writes, Joe Tessitore. Can we ban him from announcing forever? Wow. I, is, is he not good? I, 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 the announcers never bothered me one way or the other, so um, the, I'm surprised the only, that they do. I, I mean, I don't listen to many announcers that screw things up. I mean, unless they're just calling the wrong game, I, I don't ever really get too – an analyst will piss me off to know, and there might be an right. analyst where I'm, geez, dude, what are you talking about? Um, but play-by-play guys, I mean, Tessitore, Monday Night Football, he's a little bit cheesy for that. You need a little bit more of a – I think Joe Buck, by the way, is going to be great on Monday Night Football. Kind of need that type of approach. Al Michaels, Mike Tirico. Uh, Joe Tess is great, I think, for football, be, uh, college football, because he's over the top, overly enthusiastic. A three-yard right. gain is like a touchdown in his mind. So, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I've never really had a problem. But I wish they give us a reason on that, though. I mean, is it – Mark. Is it, they screw something up or something like that? Explain yourself, yeah. Mark. That's what we're asking. Yeah. Explain yourself. Uh, Paul writes, Kelly, that's, of course, Brian Kelly, almost as angry, bitter, and as curmudgeon as stinking genius and plank show. I am turning into a grumpy old man. Yeah, I did are, realize yeah. that. I mean, it's it, it's becoming very – I think it was once I got past 45, I kids speeding through the neighborhood, college <laughs> kids leaving games early. Grr, it's just like I'm angry all the time. So you might be on to something, Paul. Jason B. Diamond writes, last year Brian Kelly beat Florida State in overtime the Sunday night before Labor Day. This year he loses by one to them. I love college football. Yeah, it's just crazy. And do you remember what the big controversy was after that game? No, I don't, not off the top of my head. I do because it's blown up my timeline. He did the interview where he tried to make the, what was it, the Rich McKay joke where they had oh. asked him about the execution of his players, yes, and he's yes, like, I'm all yes. for it. And he, botched, yes, and he yes. botched the joke. Yes, and, and, yes, yeah, yes. And everyone, I remember, oh, yes. he wants to execute his players. <laughs> I don't think he does. I, I don't think that's really the case. I remember now. that now, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Um, 
Calbert at that damn bear, right? Enough about Tua. The season hasn't started, and we're talking about low average Tua. Grr. Oh, come on, come on. It's one one question I asked him about Tua. Relax yourself. Stop it. I notice you're already starting to hedge your bets a little bit. No, what, what no, am I hedging I, my bets on? Did you catch that when he was talking to Matt Verderam? He goes, last week I was making kind of a joke about putting money on Tua for the MVP. I didn't like, think people were going to follow me and bet thousands of dollars on that. <laughs> well, you sit here and you brag on your picks. People are going to follow your advice, yeah. Arnie. I mean, we're in an age where everybody has uh, essentially gambling at their fingertips. That's true. I mean, talking gambling is is no longer what it used to be like. I mean, geez, I had a general manager one time come in and just yell, curse me out for talking about spreads. I mean, you... You could probably talk about crack more than you could gambling back in the day. <laughs> be careful. People are listening to you, Arnie. I told you, you got to be careful. I think they're like 70 to 1 now. I'm, I'm not sure. I, I, if I were to put a long shot bet on someone for the MVP, I wouldn't mind looking at Tua. Yeah, I wouldn't yeah. mind looking. Because it's, it's always someone that ends up in that mix late that's a little off the radar. Probably never end up winning it, but they're always a little off the radar. All right. Good tweets. Keep them coming. That plank show at Stinking Genius One. We're talking big storylines. NFL Week 1 next. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Here we go, Arnie. Hour two. Arnie and Plank on Fox Sports Radio. Next Sunday night. We'll be recapping week one of the National Football League. Wow. We waited a long time for this week one. I can't wait. I've been sitting here all day long. Well, first of all, recovering from an overnight. But number two, just realizing where we'll be, what we'll be talking about, what we'll be thinking about next week. Yeah, sure, the Thursday. By the time we hit there on Sunday night, Arnie, Thursday will be a distant memory. But we'll we'll be in the midst of Bobo either being on cloud nine because Dak Prescott is slinging it or angry <laughs> because they can't protect him. I mean, I, I won't lie to you. There's a part of me that's been almost... I don't want to say superstitious, but hasn't allowed himself to truly immerse in week one because I don't want to get too excited. So I'll do it now. We got some pretty good matchups in week one. I I know you've already looked over all of them with your picks, which are coming up later. And I know to kick off our final hour, we're going to go through and make our our, our final, I guess you could say, predictions or at least how we feel about it today, right? Our predictions don't matter. But how we feel about him today is a good way to look at it. I will say this. I'm intrigued by the opener in Cincinnati. Pittsburgh at Cincinnati. Arnie, typically your Super Bowl losing squad might struggle a little bit. Now, Kansas City has been the anomaly to that. They still go to the AFC Championship game. And 
uh, they've been able to bounce back after frustration. But how did Cincy handle it? I'm not impressed with New England, but your Dolphins hosting the Patriots in week one? I think my Dolphins are going to crush them. I think it's going to be a horrible year. Uh, for the Patriots, and I love that's one of the games. I love Cincinnati over Pittsburgh. I think Pittsburgh's going to have a really tough year for them. It's going to be a, a bad year for them. Uh, and also in that early time slot, you've got the the the, ba- the Baker battle, right? Cleveland and Carolina. What did you make of that story that kind of percolated this week, where you had the NFL reporter that said, "Hey." Baker told me that they were going to go and F and crush him. And Baker's like, I I never said that. Now, to be honest, I wouldn't doubt that he thought it. And I wouldn't doubt that he said it to his teammates. But was that a little clout chase and they got too carried away from a reporter? Or is Baker trying to play coy here? I think he's trying to play coy. I think he said something to somebody and there was like a reporter behind them that just kind of picked it up. And I mean, what do you want him to say? Oh, I hope they smoke us. I don't want to win that game. I mean, everybody knows what everybody knows the attitude coming in. I mean, my goodness, half the all the people in Cleveland want to go ahead and knock him on his backside. So, (laughs) of course, he wants to come in with that attitude. Could not could not agree more. It it, it was the least shocking story I've ever seen. Hey, blank them. What do you think? Can can I tell you what? And again, I, I'm not trying to dog on any reporter. I, I don't think she's making up a story. But when, when you realize, and if you cover the NFL, and this person works on the NFL network, to say it and then act like people shouldn't have been fired up or carried away over it, mm. have you paid attention to the what's going on between Cleveland and, and Baker and, and Baker and Cleveland? You don't think we're going to effing crush him? I had to say that real slow because I kind of scared myself. But you don't think that people might lose their mind and overreact to it? That was the part of this where it was like, oh, come on, you guys are making a lot no. out of nothing. Have you been paying attention this offseason? Are you on social media? It's, it's crazy with the bitterness that Baker fans have towards Cleveland and how Cleveland fans want to make Baker out to be some terrible, horrible person. So it's just, it was fascinating that this this mindset of, oh, I, you guys are getting way carried away with it. Yeah, yeah that, that's pretty much what fans do, well, Arnie. We, we, we got carried away with it, but th- those uh, other examples were, you know, we wouldn't have gotten carried We would have just gone ballistic about it. Um, could you imagine if Tom Brady would have said that before he went back to New England? We want to blank him, kill them. Right, you know, right, right. Belichick or something like that. Oh, my goodness. We, we'd be talking about it for like five years if, if he said something like that. So, and then real quick, before we shift to college week one, the other big story that that started to kind of rise this week is one that I feel real uncomfortable talking about. And we we brought this up last night on Straight Out of Vegas. I don't know how to feel whenever we're having a conversation about Tom Brady and his marriage. And the New York Post comes out with a report this week, their page six column that basically said uh, the reason for the 11 days away is that Giselle Bunchen is irate that Tom Brady changed his mind about coming back to play and that they had a plan in place and she's the one always taking care of the kids and it was supposed to be his time and she's mad about it. And I'm just thinking to myself, I, I, I get it with the rock star that Giselle is. She's in that Kardashian world and, and, and everyone wants to talk about her and Tom Brady's become that. I don't know. Arnie kind of made me feel some sort of way and, and I don't think it was a good one when we're sitting here debating and discussing whether or not Tom's marriage is a reason why he was away. No, and you know what? I, I got to tell you, it, it, it does. It, it's really none of our business, but it's none of our business until he starts missing 
time from the facility. Then you have yeah. to find out what's going on. Why did he miss it? Then when you hear that there may be some marital rift, then you back off and you say, give the guy a little privacy and stuff like that. The rumor was that I got was that they put down a $500 deposit on a the vacation. They couldn't get it back. So <laughs> they just had to go. You know, they couldn't get that money back. Listen, so. <laughs> they're not you or I. Okay. Uh, I, I'm currently in a family fight because somebody decided to have a fall wedding on a Sunday afternoon. Oh. And I'm like, I'm not coming. I'm. I'm just. I'm not coming. I'm sorry. Get your money I'm back not on going that one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I appreciate that you tried to do it around the OU bye week, but I'm not missing an NFL week with no. Arnie here on Fox Sports Radio. Yeah. <laughs> unless I'm in the hospital, and even if I'm in the hospital, I might have him bring equipment to me. Oh, could you imagine how mad they'd be if you and I were yelling at each other, and I'm in the oh, hospital or geez. death? I'm not missing the show during the NFL season. So, yeah, I, I, I completely understand. It's just. It's bonkers how this story has gone out of control. And all Tom's doing is preparing for the season. So let's see how he, if he struggles, if some things happen that don't necessarily seem Brady-like. Oh, you know right away, Arnie. It's, oh, there's some marital issues causing a problem. People will be talking about it Monday through Sunday here on Fox Sports Radio. And the, the Twitter will be buzzed with it. But let's see how it all plays out. I, I tend to think he's going to have a I don't think they're ready. I, I, you know, I had Tampa going to the Super Bowl. And I just get the feeling that they're just not, I don't know, either mentally there, physically there, something something just seems off. You know, I, I just don't feel like they're one of the uh, top teams in the NFL right now for some reason. Well, their offensive line is tore up. That hurts, too. Right. And right. when you have the injury issues they do on the offensive line, it's problematic. But it, it'll be fascinating next Sunday night to sit here with all of y'all. Nice little watch along for the Cowboys and the Buccaneers whenever, I guess what, we'll hit about the midway point of the third quarter. Uh, no, this is, what am I talking about? It's yeah. a Dallas Cowboys game on Sunday night. It's like a Red Sox-Yankees game. This game will take forever. It'll be, la- it'll be like a five-hour football game because that how it always seems to be on Sunday night football and the Cowboys play. Uh, anything else in the NFL just on some hot topics and quick hits you want to dive into before I hit Roman numeral number one on your list and college football from this weekend? No, but, but you know what? I was just wondering because it seems like we had more football, and I'm not to complain, but Labor Day, we just have, what, one game today one game tomorrow did right. we usually have more football in the past or no what am i missing well but, but and then here's this great debate yeah. and you and i've had this on the show quite a bit where do you truly then invest if you're a tv this is a tv network's decision right this is espn and right right and, and fox and fox sports one and cbs and whomever do you want to make week zero a big deal well maybe well, the, the ratings from nebraska and northwestern might lead you to believe we'll see bigger games in week zero, but I don't think you're going to start seeing Alabama and Texas playing in week zero. We've, you and I have sat here for years and complained about the week one slate. Finally, right. the college ranks have got, you know, Utah, Florida is a big game. You had the LSU Florida State game tonight, Ohio State, Notre Dame, Oregon, Georgia. Those are perceived good matchups against the annual teams, but. You know, it's always kind of been one game on Sunday, one game on Monday. Maybe they'll sprinkle in a few. Remember, uh, I we had the the Sunday game in 2019. I did the show from the stadium after Sunday game. No, it was Ohio, it was Oklahoma and Houston okay, that okay, did it. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. and then um, last year was obviously Florida State and Notre Dame, and then the Monday night game is usually sometimes a little bit of a snoozer. But I I get they put Jackson State, Florida A and M during the day today, but I I wouldn't mind like. 
noon game and a three yeah, a game more, and a seven game yeah. on Sunday, right? But it does kind of take away from that week one Saturday. I mean, you, you started going through the slate on Saturday, Arnie, as we do shift you know, to college football. It's like, meh, a little bit. Chris, with the NFL going after so many different days and going after so many other different sports, it would if I was college football, I'd say, let's go after them one time. They're not playing on a Sunday. You got the whole weekend. It's a, it's a you know, a, a holiday weekend. Let's uh, throw a couple of marquee games up there on that Sunday and and take a, a little viewership, you know? Do, do people really take off tomorrow? I mean, is Labor Day a day that people really take off anymore? I mean, I appreciate it for the teachers. Yeah, I think they do, yeah. Okay. Well, because in my mind, if, if that's still something that people take off work for, then why not maybe put a couple games in the afternoon today? Yeah, Spread yeah. it out. Make it a celebration of the game. But with that in mind, it's Arnie and Plank on a Fox Football Sunday. Before we head to Vegas and talk to Todd Furman, kind of caught your eye. What, what to you stood out from week one of the college football season? Or as we like to say, what did we learn? Um, was there something that changed your opinion on a team that you had heading into the season based on what you saw in week one? Was there anything that really surprised you? would love to hear from you guys on this at Stinking Genius 1 at Plank Show, and everybody should be following us at Fox Sports Radio. But Arnie Spanier, how about you? Not so many surprises, but I one thing I was interested in is what was USC going to obviously do uh, with Lincoln Riley. They put up 66, and I wanted to see what Caleb Williams were going to do. Uh, what was he, 19-22? Yeah, he looked really good. Two touchdowns, no interceptions. I was wondering what you were going to say about that and how good of a game um, you thought that was, especially because they put up 66 points. He didn't have 300 yards, but he looked phenomenal. I thought he looked fantastic. I'm still not sure that USC is great. Um, you know, is that oh, look at that, 66 points. They're going to dominate everybody. So um, that caught my eye. Michigan a role in Colorado State. Um, you know, I want to see what Michigan is going to be when they have to play a real team out there. So I, I And I enjoyed the NC State East Carolina game. That was actually a fun game to watch. I don't know if you're able to catch that one, but man, that was a, a, a little bit of a, you know, NC State had a 21-7 lead, and East Carolina fought back, and it was a good game, good hard-hitting game. Enjoyed that one also. I did. Um, so on USC, just real quick, I didn't get to watch a minute of it because I don't have the Pac-12 network, and I can't figure out a way to get oh, the Pac-12 network. By the way, was, was that a little bit of a cheap shot by the Pac-12 network in putting UCLA and USC's opener on the Pac-12 network? Was that a way of saying, hey, bleep you guys for leaving us? Because you would think you would think there would be an audience there for Lincoln Riley's opener as the USC head coach, that is right? True. You that would is think. true. Um, but look I, at their I, opponents, Rice and Bowling Green. So There was a lot of teams that obviously, gosh, I hate to use the term punch down, but there were some really bad football teams. And unfortunately, Rice is one of those. So I can't take too much away from it, but I, I did find this interesting. I'm a big fan of of Ted Wynn, and I think I think we've even had Ted on the show before. Uh, he writes for The Athletic. Uh, if you don't follow him on Twitter, at FB underscore film analysis, and he tweeted this earlier on the game, uh, the USC game, and the performance by Caleb Williams. He said, Caleb Williams and USC had a strong start, but man, Rice blew a lot of coverages. So that's, you know, the same thing. Yeah. I was watching UTEP. They blew some coverages, too. So what if what of what you witnessed on Saturday 
was a a really good team beating a squad that was well schemed and shut them down, and what was just a really good team beating a really bad team. Yeah, I, and, and and just a, a couple of other things. You know, it's interesting when you look at the, the teams that won with impressive victories. Of course, Georgia comes to mind. Florida comes to mind. And I'm not kidding around. If you were going to take the five or six best wins. My Arizona Wildcats has to be up there with a win on the road against San Diego State. I mean, Rich Ornberger picked him in his Final Four playoff thing. He should be fired for that, for crying out loud. My goodness. So that was a pretty good win by my Wildcats. Yeah, and, and it's funny because I love Jeff Schwartz. Every single time I get a pick from Jeff Schwartz, it's wrong. He's about 0 for 5. He tells me how great of a feel he has on the Pac-12. He's like, oh, San Diego State, is they're, they're going to murder Arizona. I'm like, oh, okay, that'd be, that'd be a way to kind of gig Arnie a little bit. But you guys didn't just beat him. You beat the snot out of him. Yeah, they got did. one of their touchdowns because you decided to punt it into the right. punt of one of your up men. Right, but we had a couple of bad uh, situations with the punting. They only scored one touchdown, so I was happy about no. that. And, and Jeff Schwartz should be punished just because he went to Oregon. And That's after right. what happened to Oregon, uh, 49-3. to Matter of fact, I was looking at Arizona's schedule. We're going to go 7-0 and until we play USC. We should be in the top 10 when the, when the polls come out, when it first comes out. You want to you wanna place a wager on that? Oh, you always you always love to have my team lose, but that's not gonna. I looked at the schedule. We really have the easiest schedule maybe in the history of football. Well, you'll but, lose to Mississippi State next. No, week. that's an easy one. That's two and zero, dude. That's not North Dakota. That's North Dakota State. They're yeah, three legit that you're hosting. And then Cal uh, and Colorado. I mean, between Colorado's the two, terrible. And so's Cal. I think you might be uh, one and four. Can enjoy this one. You're you? playing well. One and four. We'll see if I'm right. Now I know why you've been ducking us, Oklahoma. That's right. We're very scared of Arizona. <laughs> but no, hey, don't let me take away from it. That was an awesome win for it Arizona was, was, on Saturday. Yeah. All right, when we come back, we'll talk numbers, we'll talk odds, we'll talk NFL, we'll talk Vegas. Todd Furman, Bet the Board Podcast is next on Fox Sports Radio. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. <laughs> Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Todd Furman coming up here in mere moments. It's Arnie and Plank on a Fox Sports I'm afraid Sunday. to talk to him. I didn't do very good on my picks. I mean, it wasn't like you boasted or bragged too much last week. So, yeah, it's not like he came back and coming. bit me in the backside. Would you go this week? Because you picked Florida State or you picked LSU tonight. So. Yeah, five and ten. Five and ten. Yeah. It's okay. I mean, you can't win them all. I feel good knowledge. First week of the NFL, you know I'm Mr. NFL. So that that's right. That's right. That, I, I would imagine you probably stop picking college games from here on out, but you're week, not gonna week one week one is the free season. You know that, don't you, in the NFL? <laughs> well, you for the first time in eleven years or however long we've done the show together, 
the preseason was the free season. Oh, for it was. You. That was but, stealing. But at least for, for one week, and, and then the bottom fell out. But, hey, you'll always have 10 and 2. You know, I'm still picking at 60%, 31 and 21 for the first 50-plus. So if I, I have to pick it up on the back end of this, see how I do in the next 50. I mean – it's also not like you were a humble in victory last week or anything. I mean, that that's something we have to keep in mind here, too. This wasn't a situation where you're like, you know, I feel pretty good about things. Um, I, I, I liked some of the field. No, no, it was I'm the greatest picker that has ever well, picked Well, I was getting games. crazy. Everything I was picking yeah. was winning, so I, it, was, it was insane. With no true reason why you were picking it, except for, what, your secret <laughs> mathematical formula? I'm like uh, KFC. I got 11 secret right. herbs and spices. We're joined right now by our buddy Todd Furman, Bet the Board Podcast. You can find him on Twitter at Todd Furman. Okay, I couldn't quite figure it out, Todd. Was it a good week for the books in week one of the college football season? Was it more underdogs? How did it look overall, or was it pretty split? You know, pretty middling for the most part on Saturday. The biggest decision, at least the books that I spoke to earlier today, was on tonight's game, of course, getting Florida State to get to the window, not only uh, covering as a three-and-a-half, four-point underdog, but winning that game outright obviously helped them. The public bet LSU. They were buying into the Brian Kelly hype train and thought for a moment there at the end of the game that they were going to be given a stay of execution, so to speak, with overtime looming. Blocked extra point, had other plans, and Florida State emerges from the Superdome victorious, obviously, by the slimmest of margins. Yeah, Finally hit the uh, south side of the picks there, Todd. So uh, I'm, I'm still 31 and 21 overall, but not a good week for me. Matter of fact, do, do the books or do the gamblers win when, you know, and I'm just talking money-wise, when Purdue loses by four and they were getting three and a half, when Pitt was laying either seven or seven and a half and they win by seven, when Michigan State wins by 22 and people are laying 21 and a half, um, is there a lot of middling going on there or do the, big, the books make a fortune off that? You know, it all depends on the individual game. Obviously, when they're on national television, typically the books find themselves rooting for the underdogs more often than not. So them getting Pittsburgh to only win that game by a touchdown was a favorable decision there. The the Penn State-Purdue game, relatively balanced. And then Michigan State and Western Michigan, just by virtue of being such a large number, doesn't attract a ton uh, of recreational action. But to your point, you did have a little bit of an appetite to lay the 20-and-a-half. Number got to 22, and there was some buyback there. So anytime you're falling in and around the number, it's always a bit of a precarious situation for books dealing with some of the middlers and folks that are always looking for a little bit of arbitrage. All right, beyond the fun and the numbers, Todd, anything change your opinion on a squad after what you saw in week one? No, not really. I, I think we all believe there could be a little bit of a transition period for Georgia. They kind of banished that notion, scoring touchdowns on their first seven drives. And it's a combination of things. Georgia's offense has to be more dynamic this year because I think the defense will give up a little bit. I don't think Oregon was quite ready. And you saw the disparity between athletes as far as what the SEC brings versus what Dan Lanning is going to try and build out there in the Pacific Northwest. And then we're reminded all the time about how difficult it is to go on the road and play in hostile territory, whether it's East Carolina, you know, hanging tight with NC State from start to finish, App State showing a ton of fight, coming up just short on a two-point conversion, or even amongst the big boys when Utah goes across the country to Gainesville to take on a Florida team that I'm not sure any of us knew what to anticipate. Anthony Richardson reminded us why he is such a unique talent at the quarterback position, and it'll be fun to watch him develop leading Billy Napier's offense. There's a 45-point spread this weekend. There's a 50-point spread this weekend. But one game really intrigues me in college, Um, Alabama and Texas. Alabama, I mean, you're only laying 19. People are like, only 19? Uh, When's the last time you really laid that type of, you know, line there in Texas? If you like Texas, do you take the four for one and hope they pull off the upset or, or what? What do you think about that game? 
Hey, you know, I think this is a number that's going to climb. So if you like the favorite, you might want to bet it before it gets to three touchdowns. As far as Alabama is concerned, I think defensively that's where Texas is going to have some problems. You have an extremely young and inexperienced offensive line. Uh, You have NFL-caliber defensive linemen for Alabama that could be living in Quinn Ewer's backside. Yes, it was a nice debut for the talented quarterback in their dominating performance against Louisiana Monroe, but this is clearly a step up in class. A little bit unusual, as I can't really remember uh, the last time Alabama has played a marquee game that will go off at 11 o'clock Central Time. It's typically reserved for them taking on FCS opponents late in the year. Uh, But I think Alabama, if they're able to get their offense on track, Texas will be hard-pressed to match them and can see this game going over the total with Alabama doing the lion's share of the scoring. Todd Furman, Bet the Board podcast on Twitter at Todd Furman. All right. We've got a a full slate, obviously. Guys are breaking it down. You got to feel some sort of way about what we can expect with the quarterback battle on Thursday night because I'm still worried about Matt Stafford's elbow. Josh Allen with now Ken Dorsey as his offensive coordinator. You know, last year was electric with Tampa Bay versus Dallas. These Thursday games have actually ended up being pretty damn good. What was it, Kansas City and Houston when they ran the ball like crazy the year before? What do you think? What do you think Thursday night? How are you feeling? Yeah, I think Matthew Stafford's elbow is going to be a non-factor, at least early on. Now, with the repeated wear and tear, and if he starts to get hit on that throwing arm, then it could be problematic as the season progresses. I mean, this is a Rams team that I think takes a step back. You look at the way the roster has been constructed, there's a lot of reason to get excited about this team with their starting 22, but they just don't have a ton of depth. So if there's an injury at a key position, you're talking about the Rams potentially falling off a cliff. That being said, when you look at the way this number has moved with the Rams opening a one-point favorite with Buffalo now, a two-and-a-half-point favorite. If it got to three, I could understand making a case for the Rams uh, being a live underdog here. Teams defending their Super Bowl crown have typically been good bets, at least winning these games straight up in the season opener. And to your point, when you try and figure out what Buffalo is going to be offensively, there could be some growing pains if the team wants to commit to the ground game more. I think so much of their success last year was allowing Josh Allen to run, and all the talk from Sean McDermott and company about their franchise quarterback is they want to scale that back. Well, if they take that element out of the equation, it's going to be a much different-looking offense early on, uh, and I think Buffalo could struggle uh, to find that high-octane ability that they possess, you know, maybe right out of the gates. Todd, no week one trends out there. Do you take the overs, the unders, the dogs, the, uh, the home teams? Any week one trends you like to follow there or what? You know, not so much in the way of totals or anything like that. I mean, we've seen bookmakers adjust, and you do have a pretty wide disparity with some totals as low as 41.5, upwards of 53. So you're talking about numbers all over the board in that regard. The one trend that's paid dividends, and I apologize I don't actually have the numbers in front of me, when you're looking to try and make a case week one, it's for teams that missed the playoffs a season ago, taking on teams that were in the postseason. The general school of thought on this being north of a 60% success rate with a significant sample size is Typically, teams are overvalued, uh, as people remember what they saw last, and we know the NFL is the ultimate illustration of parity. So you're going to have a couple of bad teams that get better, and they don't realize they're bad football teams week one. I mean, you can count on one hand how many times the Colts have won their season opener with Frank Reich as the quarterback, and that's exactly uh, Frank Reich as the head coach. That's exactly zero times. We'll see if they get their monkey off, that monkey off their back this week uh, as an eight-point favorite on the road against a divisional foe in the Houston Texans. Money as always, Todd. Have a great week. It's it's like Christmas week. I can't oh. wait to see what happens Thursday night in a full slate of games Sunday. Enjoy it, and we'll talk to you again next uh, next week.
Hey, always a pleasure, guys. Have a great week. Our guy, Todd Furman, staying up late with us, at least on the East Coast, here on Fox Sports Radio. Speaking of up late, Steve DeSager is, and I think, Steve, everything is a final yep. in the world of sports, right? And we will talk about that crazy Florida State win against LSU. I will say that, and you guys properly said, that how wildly impressive that Georgia victory was yesterday. And home wins in the SEC, remember, for Arkansas and Florida yesterday as well. So the conference went 13-0 and for the weekend until Brian Kelly's team lost in this oh. fashion tonight, just for the record. Now, in fairness, most of the opponents were like Sam Houston and Miami, Ohio, Troy, Mercer, Elon, etc. So there is that. But I'm glad you brought up the Iowa game. They got two safeties in the second <laughs> half yesterday. They won 7-3 against South Dakota State, a team that only had six first downs, by the way, and almost won the game. Jeez. South Dakota State, 31 carries, 33 yards rushing, and wow. 12 penalties. There were a combined 21 punts in the game, but it was 3-3 at the half and 7-3 Iowa the final. And it's Iowa next Saturday against Iowa State, by the way. But the question that you brought up was a question that came up during last night's show. And the Athletic, apparently there were a guy they know dug into the Division I newspaper archives for every team. And it's been at least 40 years since that happened that you won a game scoring seven points, and you did so without an actual touchdown, which is what happened with Iowa. There was a wow. West Virginia player that tweeted, we scored seven in a loss about 20 years ago, and that was two safeties and a field goal. I've seen the box score. Jeez. And uh, Matt Brown, the great follow for college football, when, he asked, was the last time a Power 5 conference team simply failed to score a touchdown against an FCS opponent? And the answer is Vanderbilt last year. <laughs> they lost 23-3 to East Tennessee State. Wow. But before that, it was Kansas 2010, lost a 6-3 game to North Dakota State. And I'm glad, you, out there. I'm glad you brought up the Appalachian State game. Very, very entertaining. That was six, a great game. Six great touchdowns in the fourth quarter, and they missed yes. two two-point tries in the final minute. Lost at home 63-61 to North Carolina. Tonight's game was Florida State 24, LSU 23. As LSU had a 99-yard drive at the end, scored, got the touchdown with no time left, but the extra point was blocked. They lose by one. LSU also had a 30-yard field goal attempt blocked in the first half. They also fumbled two punts tonight. Tomorrow night, number four, Clemson against Georgia Tech in Atlanta. Upset at the U.S. Open tonight, men's number one, Daniil Medvedev, lost in four sets in a fourth rounder against Nick Kyrgios. Coco Goff advanced to the quarterfinals in New York for the first time. The NASCAR winner at Darlington was Eric Jones. Denny Hamlin finished second. Dustin Johnson won the Live Golf Tournament in Boston in a playoff. And tonight at Dodger Stadium, L.A. beat San Diego 9-4. to Padres got within 5-4 in the seventh inning, and then the Dodgers immediately scored four times in the bottom of the seventh. Another Thompson for three, by the way, with Clay Thompson hitting it out. Mike Clevenger took the loss. And the Dodgers used eight pitchers in this game. They were ha- they had a uh, an opener, as they call it. First inning, Caleb Ferguson, and then Ryan Pepio up from the minors again for two innings and four walks. And eventually, even doing this, they wound up winning. Seattle had a very long day at Cleveland, an 11-inning win, and including a four-and-a-half-hour rain delay. Got the victory, a 6-3 over the Guardians. Seattle has won seven in a row. Atlanta won its fifth straight, and the Mets lost. Yankees won 2-1 at Tampa Bay. Aaron Judge is 53rd homer. St. Louis beat the Cubs 2-0 on a two-run pinch homer, bottom of the eighth, by Albert Pujols' career homer number 695. And finally, did you see we had a rain delay in basketball today? 
What? what? USA Basketball is playing in a tournament in Brazil using a lot of G League players. They had a big halftime lead against Venezuela, and heavy rain caused multiple leaks inside the gym there. Jeez. Officials said we cannot safely resume the game. So they just called that game for the rest of the day. I looked up the schedule. The U.S. is due to play someone else there tomorrow. So I don't know when they're going to make this up. But they still have a second half to play because of a basketball rainout at a gym in Brazil. Back to you. Is uh, is my guy Jake Reed still with the Dodgers, or is he going back and forth like crazy? People have been going back and forth <laughs> like crazy. I know the, the Embry, the other guy they brought up, yes. also was still here this weekend. Oh, okay. Shame uh, on you for not bringing up my back-to-back championships here in the Revolution League out here in Vermont. Very bad job by you to say. Well, you did bring up the Arizona that was a very, very impressive We're a top game. 10 team. Get out of our way. And by the way, the new stadium opened for San Diego State yesterday. Yes, they did. For those who are unaware, where the Chargers played for decades, where three Super Bowls were held, and the Chargers said, we need a new stadium, and finally they moved because the city never got them a new stadium. What happened as soon as the Chargers moved? They tore the place down. It was That's a dump. Right. <laughs> and so they built this place. They gave San Diego State the land, and they built this place right next door, half the size. Huh. Beautiful. It is. And it's now Arizona's home stadium. That's they, right. They stake their <laughs> they claim own it. to yes. it. They own it. Um, something interesting. Like I said, I'm not um, I'm not necessarily the biggest Peter King in season fan. I love reading his writing, but you know, his his predictions are sometimes on. They're definitely unique and worth talking about. Uh, we're going to give our predictions coming up a little bit. Oh, and out, what am I talking about? We're already uh, halfway through the show. Coming up to kick off hour number three and more of your tweets coming up. But I'm going to read you his top four picks in the NFC, all right? Okay. And, and I'll go 4-3-2-1. Top four teams would be the four division winners. Uh, he has the Rams at 10-7 and seven winning the West. He has the Eagles at 11-6 and six winning the East. Mm. He has the Packers at 12-5 and five winning the North. Packers already clinched. Go ahead. I don't know if you know that. And as the number one seed in the NFC at 12-5, and five, Peter King has the New Orleans Saints. I, I don't think I heard you correctly. <laughs> what, I thought there number, was a misprint, what number, too. What <laughs> number, number one. the Saints? Uh, no, number one? The number one seed heading into the postseason. Well, he That's should be fired for 12 that. 12 and 5. He, he has he the Cowboys fired. missing the playoffs. Okay, he uh, should be fired for that. Which is a little bit surprising to me in the Bucks at 10 and 7. Uh, Minnesota at 11 and 6? Man, people are getting drunk on Kirk. Cousins, yeah, I know a lot of they? people taking the overs on the Minnesota number. What was the Minnesota? It was like nine, I think, which is not bad, but the, a lot of people taking the overs on Minnesota. I, I think part of that is the we assume that every single Sean McVay clone is going to have the same success he did. Well, also uh, they play the Bears and the Lions so twice each. You know, yeah, exactly. So, so you get four yeah. wins right there. Most exactly. I think the Lions are going to be a little better mm, this not year. Not so I sure think, about it. Yeah, I think, I'm not so well, sure. listen, you're talking about a team that won like four games last right, year. Right, so right. if you get to six, you might be feeling better about things. But uh, I, I don't know. I don't know if I'm seeing the same thing in the Saints that others are. And maybe part of that, Arnie, is a me problem. Maybe it's how Denver fans view Josh McDaniels in Vegas, right? They've seen this act before. You don't, you don't need to see it again. You know he's not going to be a good head coach, right? Because how he failed in Denver. Maybe I'm being a little bit unfair towards Dennis Allen because I've seen this act before. And I know how it's going to end. New Orleans, as at last check, 
over under was at eight and a five. And who'd you mention? Minnesota, nine and a half, nine point okay, yeah, five right, for right. Minnesota too. So, it, Jacksonville at six and a half, huh? maybe for an over there. Pretty interesting. That's but a high number there. Especially a, remember, I thought last year they were going to have a big year. Yeah, a bit like nine wins. I, I, I still sometimes I'll be driving around during the day and I laugh about your math with Jacksonville last year because you you had them at like seven. You're like, I think they could win seven games, and then became well, what am I? Maybe eight, maybe nine. You know, nine <laughs> wins is almost like seven. I'm like what? It's like maybe ten. But regardless, six and a half for Jacksonville does seem a little high. But yeah, Peter King. Noted NFL reporter, probably, probably going to be a Hall of Famer when all is said and done, has projected the New Orleans Saints to be his number one seed out of the AF, uh, NFC. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, not only that, Arnie, he has them hosting Green Bay in the NFC Championship game. Wow. So he has no them Tom winning. Terrific this year. Huh? I, I don't get it. I don't get it. Oh, but maybe there's something there that, I, that I'm not seeing. I mean, Will Alvin Kamara have a suspension? Are we expecting uh, an, an elevated play from Jameis Winston? Does he know that Sean Payton's no longer the head coach? Maybe we need to let Peter King know that. But That's a good idea. Maybe you should drop him a note or something like that. He did drop these three for you. Uh, surprise records. Detroit 7-10. and 10, New England 7-10. and 10, Jacksonville 7-10. and 10. And I could hear you right now. Uh, New England 7-10 and 10 is probably too many wins for you, right? Uh, I'd say about 6 or 7. That's good. So he's saying they're going to be bad. With, but that's not a surprise. I think a lot of people think that the Patriots are going to be bad. Yeah, I don't think many people are getting too carried away as it, can, as it pertains to, to where and they see them this year. What's the surprise on Jacksonville? Seven wins. You just said that the over-under was 6.5. So you're taking the over by a half a game. What are you making a big deal about that? I don't know. Clickbait. I'm yeah. kidding. All right. <laughs> so there you go. When we come back, let's dive into your tweets. But more importantly, let's get caught up on everything going on today in the world of sports. We'll check off everything on the to-do list with Steve DeSager next on Fox Sports Radio. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. It's Arnie and Plank on a Fox football Sunday almost. Let's mm. go. We're going to pick our winners of uh, each division coming up here next hour. Plus, Arnie's got his picks, which were not as good this past week. Oh, but week. They'll, be, they'll bounce back. I have right. five NFL picks and two sure. college picks. Okay. I like that you've slimmed down your college picks. Just find the ones you like. 
you literally pick like 12 college games, 13 college games. I liked them week. all, though. Yeah, I liked them. Yeah, all. and you went 3-10 and 10 or something like that. Wow. Uh, Steve DeSager comes rolling in to get us caught up on everything I in the world I gave DeSager the night off last week off, so he's back at it. Yeah, okay, sure. Go ahead. Were if you it, there? Were you working? It, no. It, if it makes you sleep better, sure. Go ahead. Wow. Uh, by the way, as Chris referenced, we get real football in the NFL starting real this football. Thursday. Not that whatever that is that they're passing off, shoveling to us all pre season long every year real nfl football with the defending champion rams hosting buffalo this thursday night as the opener the Bills say safety jordan poyer will likely play after a hyperextended elbow about a month ago he returned to full practice today as for the rams quarterback matthew stafford has no limitations on his right elbow after being on the throwing schedule in camp and by the way matthew stafford for thursday night needs five yards passing to get to fifty thousand for his career mm, wow. and he would tie drew Brees for the fewest games to get to 50,000 career passing yards. He was already the fastest to 40,000 yards in NFL history ahead of Matt Ryan, Drew Isn't Brees. Isn't that a bit misleading, though? In that we pass more now in the NFL, yeah. Well, that's one. And two, he played for the Lions, so they were down by 50 every game, and he just passed it like crazy. <laughs> no, Am I wrong on that or what? I, you got to think I mean, so. it's still an accomplishment. I don't think it's No, it is. It is, yes. But if, they is. Were, if, if he played for the Patriots, he wouldn't have that many yards. They'd be in first place. They'd be winning games. And Mostly, he'd be it's just, it off. I yeah. mean, when I mentioned Matt Ryan was on the 40,000-yard list so quickly, I mean, mostly it's just that people throw so much these days. That, that answers the question. Also notable for Thursday night and beyond, Aaron Donald, needs two sacks for 100 in his great career. According to NFL.com, the three-time NFL Defensive Player of the Year would hit a notable milestone because here we've had sacks as an official stat in the NFL for only 40 years, but that's sizable enough. The only guy to get to 100 sacks, the only one who played as a defensive tackle for the majority of his career is Hall of Famer John Randall. That's the only guy on the list at that position. Wow. So it would be impressive. And by the way, John Randall got to 100 sacks in about 150 games. Aaron Donald has yet to even play 130 games oh, in wow. his career. So <laughs> That's amazing. Notable. As for baseball, will the Mets and Yankees be blowing their divisions this uh, year? Stop it, Sager. The Yankees did get a win, so they're back up five games over the Rays in the AL East. What was their biggest lead for the Yankees? Fifteen and a half, I know that... The Rays were behind a couple of months so ago. So the, the biggest choke of a lead was the, what the Red Sox. Wasn't that like d- 13 or 14? Yeah, I don't know if the Rays were second place necessarily two oh, months okay, ago. Okay, okay, okay. But yeah, the 1978 Red Sox, when Bucky Dent beat them in the one-game playoff. Oh, that was great. The Red Sox lead was 10 games, the largest. The Yankees were farther than 10 back that summer. But that's one of the biggest blown leads in the history wow. of since we've had divisions, 50-plus years. Uh, the Giants, the first year they had Barry Bonds, 1993, they gagged a 10-game lead in the division. The Angels in the mid-'90s gagged an 11-game lead. So this would be you know, historic what we're seeing. The, the Mets lead is down to one game over the Braves, who've won five in a row. I'm nervous about that right now. Yeah, should be, although, you know, the schedule... The schedule is what it's it is. It's in our favor yeah, big time. Exactly. I know that. And we beat the Dodgers two out of three. I love that. Yeah, yeah. yeah just this did. past week. Absolutely. Could be a playoff preview. Man, I'm looking forward to the National League no. playoffs. Yeah, because I, I, the I am too. That's have been really great. That's really kind that you tell him that he's got a chance to play the Dodgers in the playoffs. Like a playoff preview. Mets aren't going to 
play the Dodgers. <laughs> wow. No hope. No, anyway, I'm Cardinals have been ahead. great. The uh, Braves have been great. I mean, forgetting even for the moment Mets and Dodgers. National League playoffs are going to be superb yeah, this postseason. Yeah, really fun. And famously, Oral Hershiser, Dodger from 1988, holds the MLB record for most consecutive scoreless innings. Yep. He finished that season with 59 straight <laughs> scoreless innings. And then Did he break first, Fernando or something like that? It was Don know. Drysdale's mark oh, okay, he broke from go, a yeah. couple decades earlier. But remember, Hershiser in his very next start, it was the playoff opener when he started with eight scoreless against the Mets. So in my mind, it's 67 is really the record. They just didn't count that because it wasn't a regular season game. Right, it was exactly. his next start. There's a guy who won for Arizona today. Zach Gallen is 11-2 and two this year. <laughs> he threw seven scoreless innings to beat Milwaukee 5-1. to one. Zach Gallen has now thrown 41 and a third consecutive scoreless innings and in fact in his last six straight starts he's had at least six scoreless innings the only guys who've done that are Hershiser of the Dodgers Drysdale of the Dodgers and Zach Granke when he was with the Dodgers not bad company if he throws another six seven scoreless innings in his very next start Zach Gallen is going to be like top three on this all-time list I want to behind Hershiser (laughs) and Drysdale that's rather incredible what is going on Zach Granke apparently in 2015 threw about 45 straight scoreless innings again it's about 41 straight for Zach Gallen of Arizona right now wow name a prediction I would have never thought of having a run like this in 2022. Great stuff to Sager. Are you ready, Arnie? Are I'm you ready. ready for some predictions? Let's get after it. We'll pick division winners, how we see the playoffs playing out. It's our final show before the start of the NFL regular Woo. season. Two hours down, one to go, plus more from a full Saturday of college football and that crazy finish tonight next. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. (sighs) Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Oh, Arnie, final hour. Let's go. You know, there's a part of me, and Bobo crushing it on the show tonight. Danny G's working a marathon shift this evening. Steve DeSager back on updates. We missed him last week. And uh, gosh, the crew behind the scenes has already knocked out all the highlights from the game tonight. So we'll, re- we'll relive some of the excitement of that wild comeback by LSU mm-hmm. that comes up just short on a missed extra point coming up here in just a bit. But uh, before we dive into the NFL, it is, it's kind of funny. We spend... We spend the whole off season, right? We have debates about how, well, we don't really debate anything. You just yell how great Miami's going to be. But we have these theoretical debates about who's going to be good, who's going to have a great season, who's going to shine, who's going to win the MVP. And then, Arnie, we'll get to week one, and we'll get through all these games the next Sunday night. We, we will we'll be knee-jerky. It's what we do every single week. But in the same vein, we realize – 
It's a long season, man. And, and it goes by quickly. But in the 17-game, 18-week season, man, we've seen – look at your Dolphins. A great example well, last year. Start the season so terrible, right. then all of a sudden something clicks and they can turn a corner. Well, you say it's knee-jerky. I'm not so sure that we shouldn't be have a knee-jerk reaction. And what is it? Of course, you have to redo the numbers because now there's 17 games. But what That's is what it when said. you start 0-2 and 0-3 and, and, you know, you just can't do that and still make the playoffs, Chris? You just can't do that. So that's why we get the knee-jerk reactions right off the bat in the first couple of games. You, you never listened to me. I literally I just said 17-game, 18-week season. I, know I literally that, just said But that. I said that's why we changed the numbers. It used to be 0-2 or 0-3. And See, this is where, though, I disagree with you. I, I mean, we saw it. We saw it happen last year where you have teams that go through slides. Look at the Raiders, for goodness sakes, and how terrible they were at the middle point of the season. I don't think you can just ride off a team because they go 0-2 or maybe 1-3. I mean, hell, look at your Dolphins last year. They mm. were 1-7. And then they reeled off five straight, six straight, seven straight wins to put them almost in a position to make the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, at nine and eight, they were one yeah. game out. Yeah, but those, the runs like that are unheard of, especially when you start at one and seven. You usually don't have that type of turnaround. You don't even have that type of turnaround when you start off four and two, uh, supposedly, I guess. All right. Well, I'll, I'll hash through those numbers. We can fight about that later. The tweets are good, but let's get after it. Arnie, it is. Week one of the books in college football. We'll get to that coming up at the bottom of this hour. Recap what stood out to us. And obviously, post-game sound from Brian Kelly and Mike Norvell. But you just want to go division by division? Yeah, give me a little okay. music, Bobo. Put me in the mood. I mean, oh, this is a big bit. Well, I mean, come on, but we're doing our division picks here. So. Yeah, okay. Whatever you feel like you need to put you in the mood, I'm here for you tonight. I'm not going to be cranky Didn't old the man anymore. the a little bit. Come on now. All let's right, go. Uh, yeah. NFC East. Let's start there. NFC East, you know, everybody, it seems like the Eagles are the favorite for some reason in that division. I I thought the Cowboys were. Matter of fact, I thought the Cowboys were the overwhelming favorites. Um, I'm not afraid of Washington. I'm not afraid of the Giants, even though the Giants have an easy schedule. I do think this is the Cowboys' division to lose. Yeah, the Eagles are a second-place team, but I think the difference between the Cowboys and Philadelphia can be separated by, like, two games. So I think Dallas is a better team than Philadelphia, Uh, certainly a quarterback, too, and that's what it's all about. At QB, I'm worried about, you know, the decision-making process with the Cowboys. But overall, I think the Cowboys are the team to beat in the NFC East. I'm going with you on this one. I love the buzz around Jalen Hurts in Philadelphia. I think that they've got a chance to be a playoff team, but guess what? They were a playoff team last year. How about this for just a mini prediction for the NFC East, Arnie? Do you are they still your Giants or not? Are you all on the Dolphins now? Will you wait until the Giants get oh, good? No, it's, all, it's my Dolphins. There's okay. no my Giants. That's I think the happening. Giants are going to be a, a, a sneaky tough out this year. I think of the easy gonna, schedule. Yeah, I think they're going to be a tough out. I think Brian Dable is going to have them playing playing pretty good football. So you and I both going with Dallas in the NFC East. Let's see if it stays the same in the NFC North. Well, I mean, who else are you going to pick besides the Green Bay The Packers? Lions. Um, you know, the Minnesota Vikings, obviously, the only team that can make a run at them, and I still don't think they're on the same par. Uh, I mean, geez, Minnesota, we've been thinking about them turning the corner for the longest time. They haven't. This is, seems like the Packers division to win, though I'm not as afraid as the Packers as I was in years past. I think they may have a little bit of a backside. They're not going to win 13 games like they won last year, but they're still going to win the division, Chris. I'm with you. Um, I think they're uh, – I, I, I'm not falling in love with all the young receivers that, that everyone else is, is falling in love with right now. 
But I'm I'm with you on Green Bay, and it's not shocking. I don't have any really overbearing insight except to say they still have Aaron Rodgers. They they still have Aaron Jones. I think they're going to be okay. Give me the Packers to take that division. All right, how about the South? You know, I know you said Peter King is loving the New Orleans Saints, which had me rethinking, am I missing something here about the Saints? I mean, it's one thing to pick them to win the division. It's another thing to say when they're the best team in the NFC. But I still think this is Tampa's division to lose. I mean, they put up 13 wins last year. Until Tom shows me that he can't play anymore, I'm not going against them. Atlanta and Carolina are certainly not going to make a run. And though Carolina can be better, we'll see what happens there. But um, Tampa, that's the team that's going to win the NFC South. i got to go with Tom Brady again this year. I'm with you on this one. This pains me. We've picked all three the same so far. This isn't how sports radio is supposed to go. A lot of questions on the offensive line. They still have Tom Brady. This is not – I think this is the shakiest feel I have for division, Arnie. I really do. Um, but I'm going to go with him. I think I think Brady's going to play well. I do think this is going to be his final season. Uh, and I think you'll get a wild card team out of the NFC South, too. So give me the Buccaneers, Arnie. All right, take us to the West. You know, there could be some debate here in the NFC West. I mean, look, it's not going to be Seattle, so we could just take him out of the mix. I don't think it's going to be San Francisco, just based on the quarterback play and what's going to happen there. I Obviously, there's uh, we'll see what the youngster, what Trey Lance is going to do, but I, I just don't think he's going to be able to pull it off. That's going to leave Arizona and the Rams. Obviously, I'm going to go with the Rams again as the heir apparent, but... I mean, I'm scared of Arizona. I mean, they could put it all together this year, and that could be a good one-two race between the Rams and the Cardinals. But my pick is the Rams in this division. So I'm a little bit higher on San Francisco no, than I'm you not. are. Yeah, I'm not. But I, I'm still I'm taking the Rams to win this division, too. I probably should have checked with you. I didn't know we had all the same picks here. But I've got the Rams to take the you NFC You did. West. I wrote them down and sent them to you. Obviously, you No, do you? Oh, did you really? I, no, I, guess I did I not. I did oh, not. Stop. Oh, God, I was going to say, I'm sorry. I was going to look because sometimes, you know, you and I have handwriting disagreements here. I might miss <laughs> it. But uh, I'm taking the Rams to win the West as well. I, I just I think they're a really well built team. I love the addition of Allen Robinson in in that Odell role last year. I know they've had a couple of injuries. I like the addition of Bobby Wagner to be the leader of that defense after they rented Von Miller for the end of last season. So you and I go the same. You go Cowboys, Packers, Bucks, Rams. You see any surprises with your three wild cards? In my three wild cards, I mean, um, since I went with the chalk there. I'll say Philadelphia is going to be one. Mm -hmm. Um, Arizona's got to be one, so there's two right there. And I guess the other one will be fought between, I guess, the Saints, uh, according to Peter King in Minnesota. (laughs) Not much of a race. Maybe Carolina's a little bit of a long shot, but, um, yeah, I see the two-team race for that last spot. Yeah, I've got Vikings, San Francisco, Arizona. Um, I, I... I really want to like the Philadelphia Eagles this year, and I do. Uh, maybe the Panthers make a bit of a run for that wild card spot if they're better than people think. But, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I think we're thinking the same way. It appears on paper as if the NFC is somewhat easy to figure out if you go with chalk, if you go with what's been good. But if suddenly Carolina upsets the apple card, if Carson Wentz finds, what would that be, 2017, 2018 Carson Wentz, whatever it was, whenever he was a hit with the Eagles, and maybe it's a different story, but we'll see. All right, Arnie, to the AFC. Yes. Do you want to start with your Dolphins in the East? 
Let's start with my Dolphins. Let's start with the AFC East. Look, I'm still going to pick the Buffalo Bills if they weren't so damn strong. But my thing is, what did they get the bullseye on their back? What have they done to deserve today or the Buffalo Bills? By the way, last year they were just 7-6 and uh, through the first 13 games. They won four in a row and won a little bit of a streak. Otherwise, they weren't as dominant as you think they were going back to last year. I think the Dolphins could make a pretty good run at them for the division, probably come up short. So I'll go with Buffalo 1, Miami 2. I'm going to go with the Jets 3 and the Patriots dead last in that division. Um, Patriots dead last. Dead I'm... last. It, it might be so bad that forces Belichick into retirement. It's going to be so bad. Yeah, I don't think Belichick's ever going to retire. He may right. go to retirement halfway through the season. AFC East for me is all Buffalo Bills. I'm I'm, I'm buying the hype. I'm I'm getting sucked. Did you go with the Bills or did you? Yeah, I went. With the, I went. I went the Bills. I went with. You Buffalo. you talk all this sh- oh. smack all year about your Dolphins. Then when it comes time to actually pick this Super Bowl, I'm picking pick the Dolphins to win the Super Bowl as a wild card. Yeah. Okay. I'll take the Dolphins to win the division then. Wow, look at you putting the jinx on me is what you're doing. No, I'm taking the Bills. I think the Bills are, are really well put together. I love the addition of Vaughn Miller this offseason. Now, I know they've had a couple of injury injury issues you need to keep an eye on, but it looks as if they're they're gonna be healthy. I can't wait. I can't wait for Thursday night. I can't wait to see how different this offense looks with Ken Dorsey, if at all. But they've built things up defensively. They've made some smart moves. Uh, We'll see if Jordan Poyer is going to be ready to go. Micah Hyde's a stud. Uh, They bring in Elam out of the first round of the draft this year. So I I like Buffalo to win the AFC East. And well done, Chris. It's about time we jinx one of Arnie's teams. That's right. I should have just said Dolphins. You know what? In fact, I'm going to take the Dolphins to win the East. Don't you dare. The North, the South, and the (laughs) AFC West. All right, who are you going with in the AFC North, Arnie? Um, you know, now that we have the suspension with Deshaun Watson, that pretty much takes Cleveland out. Uh, I don't think it's going to be Pittsburgh, obviously, with their quarterback situation. Cincinnati's the class of the division. They'll fight it and battle it out with the Ravens, but Cincinnati's going to be too much. I'll go with the Bengals in the AFC North. Ravens will be second. Uh, then uh, probably Cleveland and then Pittsburgh will be dead last. I have fallen in love with the Ravens this offseason. We finally wow. disagree on a division champ. Uh, I think the Bengals are going to struggle this year. Remember, it was just a 10-7 and football team. They lost twice to Cleveland. Yes, I know they saw it, sat Joe Burrow in one of those losses. But I, I think it's a little bit tougher. Teams start to start to get after you a little bit more. That target becomes a little bigger. So I think it might be tough for Cincinnati this year. I still like him to battle for a playoff spot, but give me Baltimore to win the division. All right, Arnie, the South. You know, I actually like Matt Ryan, believe it or not. I, I know people like to go ahead and dump on him. How many years ago was he uh, almost, a, what, an MVP? 2016. Um, yeah, he was um, the MVP. Of, of the end of what was six years ago. Wow. Yeah, he was I'll the talk. MVP. Well, yeah, that, time just flies on by. Um, I'm not going to say he's going to go back to those years, but I think he could resurrect his career a little bit. This division is wide open. I'm not so sure that I could count Tennessee 100% to win it. Um, I'm going to go with the Colts number one, Tennessee two. Jacksonville, a much improved number three, Texans dead last. Give me the Titans, and I don't know why. I, I, I don't know why. I just Because everybody else thinks in that division. I, I guess so. You know, and I've had to do a bit of a 180 on that now that the uh, the Texans have crapped their pants. Um, I think Houston might be good in a couple years. This is going to be a Oklahoma City Thunder type rebuild where they're just taking forever. But they're going to get their quarterback they want next year. 
in the draft. I think Bryce Young would be a great fit in Houston. Hell, with how bad Cleveland has the potential to be, Arnie, they could get the number one pick in the draft and get Will Anderson and their quarterback if they want. But that's down the road for this year. I'm going to go with Tennessee. I think they're really going to miss A.J. Brown. I think they're going to win this division with like a 9-8 and eight record. Uh, and then they'll go in the playoffs and knock someone out in the first round because Ooh, that's geez. what Mike Vrabel does. So give me the Titans to win the AFC South. What about the right. West? The West, that's the final one. First of all, let me start with the bottom. That's the Denver Broncos. Russell Wilson, no Russell Wilson. You're not going anywhere. He's never going to win you a divisional title. He's never going to take you anywhere. So all that money you threw at him, uh, you might as well just flush down the toilet, but he's never going to take you anywhere. So they are done, though. It is O-V-E-R for the Denver <laughs> Broncos, and they are dead last. Uh, my team to win this division is the Chargers. Chargers, um, as Matt Verderam said, that he thinks they're the best, what, one through ten out of anybody in the league. They're damn good. They're loaded. There's no doubt about that. Maybe they finally all put it together. They don't lose games like I've never seen teams lose a game before in my life in many different ways. Uh, you know, missing block punt or uh, kick or this, that, the other. It's just amazing how many games um, that they choked away. But I'll tell you what, this is where we're going to differ because I'm going to go with the Chargers first. I'm going to go with the Raiders second, Ooh, and then Kansas City third. Yeah. Um, I think Kansas City is going to have some growing pains. They are going to miss Tyreek Hill. I think the Raiders are in for a good year. Picking up Adams was just a unbelievable signing. So I put them at number two. Chargers one, Raiders two, Kansas City three, Denver four. I can't pick against a team that's won, what, six straight division championships. So I'll – Sure you I, can. I I, 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 I don't think you can. They're really good. We try to do it every single year. We try to bury them early in the season. So I think Kansas City wins the division, but I think it's a tight race between Kansas City, the Raiders, and the Chargers. I'm with you on Denver right now. I I, I like Russell Wilson. I like their roster, but I just think it's going to be a dogfight. I got a buddy of mine that's picking the Broncos to win the Super Bowl, and I'm wanting some of what he's smoking right now. But um, I do think there is a chance, Arnie. I do think there is a chance. That every team that makes the playoffs, including the division winner and the three wild cards, is from the AFC West. No, the Kansas City Raiders and Chargers will make it. Uh, the Colts, obviously, the other division. Well, you have to get your Dolphins, Dolphins in, the, in, in the there, too, right. Somehow. So they're, yeah. the, they're all the wild card there. I got your back on making sure your Super Bowl pick makes the playoffs. <laughs> but I'm a, my, my uh, playoff teams, uh, wild card-wise, are Raiders, Chargers, and Steelers. I think Pittsburgh's going to be better than people are giving them credit for. So uh, what do you like to say at the end of your picks? There you have it. Do with it what you please. Yes. But now, now it is. No longer strictly for entertainment purposes only, though. Though, if you're going to give picks and then get mad when someone uses them to try to make money and they're wrong, you got to remember. Well, give me a little money when uh, when you get one right, you know? Open your own 900 number then. Don't you get paid to do this I show? I told you, you when I, I was doing it. a show from a casino in Las Vegas and a cowboy fan came over was Sunday morning and he goes Arnie Spanier I love you man I've been listening to you for years he goes touch this silver dollar for luck and this was on the air and I touched it he walked over to the uh to the slot machine and uh, he won fifty thousand dollars and he gave me he tried to give me a one dollar tip and I took that down and flung it at him oh my goodness all right um there's our picks we'll kind of dig a little bit deeper good stuff coming in on the text line What am I saying? Good stuff coming in on Twitter at Stinking Genius One. I'm at Plank Show. Everybody should be following us at Fox Sports Radio. More college football after week one comes to a close here on Fox Sports Radio. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? 
And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Uh, Dylan Gibbons, Arnie, is a starting offensive lineman for the Florida State Seminoles. Yeah. He played at Notre Dame under Brian Kelly, transferred last year to Florida State, probably has an NFL future in front of him. I like Dylan a lot. He just tweeted moments ago, no fake accents on this team. Hashtag go Knowles. <laughs> Hashtag keep climbing. Oh, I love that. Man, I love that. That's college nice football shot. petty is the By the way, can you best. do me a quick favor? Go ahead. Can you answer the phone so we can take some calls? You never answer the phone. I'm getting just <laughs> murdered on Twitter right now. I, I will. I do say I appreciate the fact that my man Brian here started a Twitter account. It looks like about halftime. Of the LSU game <laughs> tonight to make sure he let Tiger fans have it. But with that in mind, oh yeah, we have. Oh, I hear you want to get to something else. Yeah, what, I'm calling BS on somebody. I don't Go know ahead. his name, but I'm calling BS on somebody. Okay. And I knew this was going to happen when I saw it during the game. Right. Sharon sent us a video, a picture of that kid, the LSU jersey, uh-huh. putting his hands over his head, like, right. ah, you know, right. like, waiting, please, someone take a picture of me so I could be the newest meme sure. and make millions of dollars. Right. He was doing that when LSU got the ball back on the fumble. <laughs> Not on the missed extra point? No. He was, it was said there's a minute 20 left in the game. <laughs> you can see it on the thing. He was doing that, like, I can't believe we got the ball back. Not like, but he has oh, face, he has, he has a sour face on, you know? Yeah, it was, you know, every, I, I'm going to go to a game and just do that the whole game. Yes. Because <laughs> basically sit in the stand somewhere and do they all were doing the it. whole game. They all were like, they, oh, you know, because they all want to be the next meme. Ugh. Make so much money, right? Oh, you do. You're uh, right. But they're all over us already on Twitter. Uh, Brian writes, as for the Saints, you guys should follow and listen to Peter King. The Saints were 4-1 and one last year with Jameis. They still beat Tom Brady and the Bucks twice. And at this point, we, we 
should be we, the favorites with our offense no, and defense. I'm not even going to hit the like button on that. <laughs> no. um, Nature Boy kindly sends a picture of Tom Brady fumbling the ball in the tuck rule, rule game and writes, <laughs> whenever anyone feels bad for the Pats without Brady, all I can think of is this day of injustice. I don't think I'm over it. I don't think I'm I don't think I'll ever be over it, to be honest. Uh Daryl writes, I'm with Peter King on the Saints call. I have them three to one winning the South. They were too loud in Tampa and Brady without a good O line. Uh that spells trouble. The Saints D gives him fits too. Good job, Peter King. Not sure about the number one seed, but the South, yes. Wow. Yeah, I guess that kind of threw me off as he was saying they're the number one seed in the NFC. That's right. Maybe they could make a run at the division, but I don't even I don't I don't see that happening either. I I just don't think I'm first of all, I'm not a big Jameis fan like everybody else is. I I don't think he's going to take you and win that division and take it to the next level. So I just don't see it. Can can I remind everyone of, of, of something else, too, from last year? Yeah, they had a Hall of Famer as their head coach. He's not there anymore. Yeah, I've heard about that. Um, and and I know that you don't care about coordinators, Arnie, and they don't matter to you, but they're they're relatively important. And Dennis Allen has done a great job in resurrecting his career, and he's been awesome as their offensive coordinator. But I just I don't get it. That that still to me, and they weren't four and one last year. They were three and two last year whenever he got hurt, and two of those losses. One of them was to New York, and the other was to Carolina. And Jameis Winston threw for 111 yards in the loss to Carolina. Jameis Winston wasn't very good at the start of the season last year when he got hurt. He he wasn't. Um, and, and we fall in love with it because he had, a what, one good game? They were 3-2 and two going to their bye. They were 4-2. and two. He got hurt in that Seattle game. Remember, he was dancing around in the locker room in the crutches. Um, and I don't, I, I don't get it. I don't get it, Arnie. Actually, excuse me. He got hurt in the, the New Orleans game. But I'll never truly understand the fascination with it without Sean Payton there. Sean yeah, yeah. Payton is the kind of coach that is a difference maker. Whenever you still pick New Orleans to win that division and you're ignoring that, I don't get it. It doesn't make sense. And it's the best team in the NFC, too. So we're really missing on something out here, you know? Yeah, not just as a good football team. But as number one and number one in the NFC, which makes absolutely no sense to me. Uh, and then one more here from my man, Paul. Maybe it's because I've spent three decades watching the Bills still defeat or steal defeat from the jaws of victory. But I don't see them as this huge favorite. They have real depth issues at wide receiver, tight end, and cornerback. If Allen goes down, they can just cancel the season. Oh, you could say that about a lot of teams quarterbacks, couldn't you? Or what? Come yeah, on now. You literally could say that about every single team in the National Football League. If their quarterback goes down, they're bleeped. And what's the great line that uh, Indianapolis Colts offensive coordinator Tom Moore made? They were asking why Jim Sorge didn't get more snaps in practice, the old Colts backup. And he goes, well, because uh, you see 18 there. Uh, if he gets hurt, we're, we're bleeped. And we don't like to practice <laughs> being bleeped. 
<laughs> no offense to Jim Sorge if you're listening, yeah, but I no think offense, he completely though. understands. Yeah, no offense. No offense. Yeah. All right, uh, more tweets coming up. We got a lot of college football stuff we need to get into, and Arnie's picks for the first week of the NFL. But first, before we do all of it, as we roll past the bottom of the hour, Steve DeSager is in the house with everything going on in the world of sports. What's up, Steve? Jim Sorge with a six-year NFL career with the Colts and did not start a single game. <laughs> not many snaps either. What a good job that is. Yeah. Clipboard, yeah, it's like the Charlie Whitehurst thing for years, exactly. (laughs) By the way, which you talked about college football yesterday, the Iowa odd game and the App State odd game. Stats Inc. said yesterday was the first time that on the same day you had an FBS team score under 10 points and win Iowa, and another same day score 60 points and lose Appalachian State. Mm. It was a wild week one of college football. There was a wild game tonight. Florida State against LSU in New Orleans. LSU with a 99-yard drive at the end after an FSU turnover. Tigers score a touchdown with no time left. They're down 24-23, ready to kick the extra point. The all-important point after in a 24-23 ball game. Here's the snap. Placement down. Kick on the way and it is blocked and it hits the crossbar. No good. And Florida State going to survive this one 24 to 23. That is crazy. You know the refs started saying no good and then the ball hits the crossbar. They, they would have to change their mind. If right. they were oh wait a minute. Our bad. Our bad. It's good. But it it's hit good. the bottom of the crossbar and yeah, went straight down to the well, like they did, Like the they knew zone. that was going to happen. No you're right. You're right. Yeah. It, it, but it didn't go through. Chris Blair yeah. the call from Learfield so 24-23 the final. Florida State was winning 24-10 with about five minutes left. Amazingly, it came down to that. LSU quarterback Jaden Daniels transfer from Arizona State did have two late touchdown passes. 16 carries for him, 114 yards rushing. But LSU, not only the miss at the end that we heard, they also, on a 30-yard field goal attempt, had it blocked in the first half. And LSU fumbled two punts as well. Tomorrow night, number four, Clemson against Georgia Tech in Atlanta. And, of course, a reminder, the college football play playoff will expand to 12 teams by 2026 nice the highest the four highest ranked conference champs will get a first round bye so notre dame would never get a first round bye it is not in a conference should have been this year so arizona can get in yes yes that's that's why they make rules in college football they think first and foremost of the wildcats by the way did you see that uh, fox had in prime time thursday night that purdue home game against penn state and that wound up the number two rated TV show of the evening behind Big wow. Brother. They got three nice. three point five million viewers for that, three point one million for the ESPN college football that night. ESPN two had the Serena and Venus doubles match that they lost. That got two point two million. ESPN wow. doing cartwheels with its U.S. Open coverage of Serena this week. Of course, they won't have her in any of the coverage in the coming weeks. So we'll see. What, how were, that what goes. were the ratings on her final one? Do you have that one yet or no? I think it was the first one was two point seven million. But I don't think anything's out for the final because it's a holiday weekend. Okay, okay. So tonight we had the men's number one seed ousted. Daniil Medvedev out, lost in four sets in a fourth rounder to Nick Kyrgios. At the U.S. Open today, Coco Golf advanced to the quarterfinals there for the first time. Dustin Johnson won the Live Golf Tournament in Boston in a playoff. Cameron Smith missed the playoff by one stroke. But don't feel too bad. He earned a million dollars today, and he wasn't even one of the golfers in the playoff at the end. Phil Mickelson tied for 40th place out of 48 golfers. 
And even he got $134,000 for a weekend's work. They'll be in Chicago. So he could bet on the NFL. I think it <laughs> It does start Thursday night. It's true. Uh, Live Golf will be in Chicago in two weeks. NASCAR was tonight at Darlington. Eric Jones, the winner. Denny Hamlin finished second. The Seattle Mariners won their seventh straight game, an 11-inning win tonight at Cleveland 6-3. Cleveland's lost five in a row. They're down to a tie for first in the AL Central with Minnesota which won its game, but Seattle, which got four hits from Julio Rodriguez tonight, this was a long night. Four and a half hour rain delay in the fourth inning, but so late in the season they wanted to wait it out. They finally won the game, but the Mariners have a home game tomorrow. They already used ten pitchers and played yeah. hour after hour tonight. Ridiculous. And now they gotta go home and play again. And it's not it's not a seven PM game, it's earlier. St. Louis two nothing over the Cubs. Albert Pujols, a pinch two run homer, bottom of the eighth, career home run number six ninety five, the win to Miles Michaelis. Cards are first in the NL Central, eight and a half games over the Brewers who lost again 5-1 at Arizona to Zach Gallen, who again has thrown now 41 and a third consecutive scoreless innings. The Yankees got a leadoff homer for today's game at Tampa Bay from Aaron Judge, his 53rd homer of the season. They win 2-1 at Tampa Bay. Judge had three hits. The rest of the Yankees combined went three for 30 at the plate. Mm. But the Yankees are first place in the ALE still. Now five games up on the Rays. Toronto won. Baltimore lost. Atlanta won its fifth in a row. Mets lost. MLB playoffs start October 7th with the new wild card series openers. Back to you. Thanks, Steve. Have a great week, man. And uh, you'll, you'll be here next Sunday night, right? Yeah. Okay. Looking forward to it. I didn't give it to him. Week one. Time. Well, I just didn't know with the Chargers game. and, and that. No, game. I'll miss the show before you, but I'm, I'm driving back just for this show. Let's go. Sorry you'll be disappointed when you get here. <laughs> I, I will say this much, Raider though. Raider fan speaking. Yeah, I, I, I am a diehard Raider fan. I've kind of accepted that the opening night might not go the way we want it, but I still think it's fascinating the amount of Raider fans that will be there. I think that's yeah. one of the coolest I, things. I, and I will say that it's ever since they've reopened NFL stadiums after the pandemic, mm-hmm. the Chargers are in a new place, and the percentage of Charger fans is much greater now than at the small Good. soccer stadium, Good. where the tickets were so expensive they were just selling them off. Charger fans left and right because they were two hundred fifty dollars seats. It's a little different now. Hey, um, by the, I was going to say, by the way, just on a different thing was you mentioned Pujols. Would you bet that he'd have seven hundred home runs before he retires or not? Yeah, now maybe, but even this is just pinch hitting. He's still not getting regular time. He's just been awesome recently. I, I, I looked up the odds on Bovada. They said he's like a three to one favorite to do it. I'm like, get out of here. To get five home runs in what, three they weeks? They say he's minus 300. Four weeks that we have left. That's what they have, Matt. Maybe I'm not reading it. It says minus 300. And they hit over 700. Aaron Judge is on pace to break Roger Maris' record for the Ooh, American League, oh too. Oh, gosh. Wow. Listen, don't, don't get us started with this whole. Uh, Aaron Judge, if he gets to 61, is the real record holder. Well, it is the real American League record. That's right. That is right. No one in the American League was cheating during that time. All right. Thanks to Mm -hmm. Sager. Uh, A couple really good tweets I want to get to in a second, but I did see these two notes from ESPN Stats and Info that I wanted to share. Number one, uh, that's three straight openers that LSU has lost. Three straight years. So they win the national championship with Joe Burrow. Then they lost their, their season openers in 20, 21, and now in 22 through two different mm. coaches. Of course, Ed Orgeron was uh, prior to uh, Brian Kelly. Ohio State, on the other hand, has now won 23 straight season openers. It's the third longest streak in the AP poll era. 
Arnie, that dates back to 1936. Wow. Um, 23 straight. Only Nebraska and Florida have compiled longer streaks. Nebraska won 29 straight season openers from 86 to 2014. Florida, from 1990 to 2016, had won 27 straight. And we were having some fun with Iowa earlier today. And as Steve DeSigurd brought up this note in the show earlier, but I want to hammer it back home. They won the game 7-3 to without scoring a touchdown. Iowa... Iowa is the only team to score exactly seven points without a touchdown since at the very least before 2000. I, I still can't believe they did that. That's still one of those things that blows my mind from this weekend, Arnie. <laughs> How could you score seven points? I mean, hit it on the dot. Two safeties in a game? Well, we should have asked Todd what kind of odds we could have got on that. Oh, geez. Two safeties sure was, in, a, in a game. Yeah, forget about that. Like a million to one for that happening, you know? Uh, and then one more quick one here. Georgia becomes the third team in the last 15 seasons to score a touchdown on each of its first six drives against a ranked Insane. opponent. Ohio State did it against Michigan State last season, and South Florida did it against Navy in 2016. Shame on Oregon. We don't even brought that up enough. Shame on them uh, for getting steamrolled like that, 49-3. to That was embarrassing. How do you – and I know Georgia might be better than they were last year, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's scary. <laughs> that's scary when you think about it because they graduated all those dudes off to the NFL, including what two picks off that defense in the top nine, 10, and they might be better. It's ridiculous. And by the way, Stetson Bennett, I might be putting some money on the Heisman trophy campaign right now. Oh yeah. We'll I see. think he's already won it. Yeah. We'll, well, I don't want to go that far because Bryce Young was pretty damn good too. Yeah, that's true. Um, but I, I I'm kind of liking what, what Stetson Bennett, this guy that was constantly seen as a problem for them. He looks smooth, man. He look, And that's a veteran. Well, there's a veteran offensive line for Oregon. Fairly veteran defense, and he just picked him apart. So, fun from week one of the college football yeah. season. Oh, All right. Sharon's mad at me because I, I said something about that meme. I was not that I get you, Sharon. I just said I'm calling BS on that kid who's going to uh, try to make millions of dollars. Say, look at me, look at me. I'm distraught when it was really a good thing that happened to LSU at that point. Sharon, he is a jerk. I wouldn't send him any more things on Twitter. He's just going to make fun of it. I'll be here to take care of you. By the way, Mr. Nobody's tweet is pretty good, too, uh, because I agree. He goes, maybe I'm being too much of a fan to say this, but the final extra point wasn't missed by LSU. It was blocked. Also, FSU left six to ten points on the field by not capitalizing on either fumbled punt return. I get FSU still isn't what they were. But LSU isn't either. Oh, I understand. I, I hear what you're saying. He's but right about that, though. Uh, FSU did leave some points on the board. They did. Uh, you know, you think about you're in a position to ice that game away. I mean, you really truly are after the Bosch punt return, and you can't do anything with it. You see the kid that uh, dropped the punt, and like he's cleared out all of the LSU stuff on his Instagram feed. And I guess Brian Kelly said that was a mistake the coaches made, putting him back there. I, I mean, it – Really? It would be it would be something else if you get a guy to transfer after one week, Brian Kelly, and one mistake. But to be fair to Brian Kelly, he did say that's a mistake we made. So some could look at that and say, no, mistake that's BS. Co- that's coaches baloney. made, or to say, say we as a team, right? So that exactly. that's Brian Kelly. That's, that's ridiculous. You're throwing the kid under the bus when you say something like that. All right, you know what's next, Arnie? Yes, I do. Your picks for the opening weekend of the NFL season. Let's go. It's coming up to wrap up this edition of Arnie and Plank on a Fox Football Sunday. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. 
like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Wish you could see me dancing right now, Bubba. Oh, I'm sure, I'm sure. Getting down. Getting down. With my uh, NASCAR flag up on the wall right now, my... Uh, my, my, my stuffed animals, my daughter is brought in here for some reason. Let's go. <laughs> Bringing the energy before Big Ben Maller rolls in here. Bubba, have a great week, buddy. I can't wait to watch the Cowboys on uh, Sunday night. Uh, Thursday night, of course, Rams-Bills. Danny G, awesome as always, though. Danny G isn't going anywhere. He's pulling the all-nighter. Why are you doing this to yourself, Danny? It's Just about time you worked, you know? <laughs> it's, it's a holiday for Coop. Isn't oh, every gosh, day a holiday every day's for a holiday for Coop. <laughs> Uh, also, great job by DeSager, as always. And thank you to the millions and millions of editors behind the scenes that put together all of the audio that we used on tonight's program. All right. Are you ready, Arnie? I'm ready. I'm ready. Last I'm week ready did not back. go well. Last week did not mm, go well. It did not. Take it away. It's time for your picks. I have to bounce back. I'm at 31 and 21, which is 59.6%, 60% on the year. I need to get to 63%. So, okay, it's through 52 games, about halfway, a little bit more than halfway through. But it's NFL week one. I made it through the preseason. I made it through week zero and week one of college football. Now to my expertise. This is why I'm employed by Fox Sports Radio, because I am the NFL expert here. And I feel like we got to go ahead and have a game for the first one, right? Make a pick for the first game. Yeah, sure. With, why not? With the Rams and the Bills. I got to take the Rams plus two and a half. A lot of value there. I mean, yeah, this game does scare me, and it's under the three, so you never know who's going to win this thing by a field goal. But the Rams playing at home, and overall, I just think if not, they're just as good, if not better than the Bills. Give me the Rams plus the two and a half. All right. Moving on, it's going to be Cincinnati and Pittsburgh out in Cincinnati. It's under the magic number of seven. It's at six and a half, so I'm going to take Cincinnati. I think they're the much better team. They can win by about 14 to 17 points. I think Pittsburgh's going to struggle this year, and it starts with week number one. Give me the Bengals. I'm all over my Dolphins. I love the Dolphins. Uh, I think the Dolphins uh, and Tua just destroy the Patriots. Probably win this one by 17 to 21. It's going to be ugly. The Patriots have no offensive weapons, none that scare me whatsoever. It's going to be a miserable year for the Patriots. Give me the Dolphins minus the three. Kansas City and the Cardinals. I'm not uh, so sure what to expect out of Kansas City. I had them third in the division. I'm going to take the Cardinals at home plus the four and a half. I think there's a lot of value there. People are sleeping on the Cardinals, and I'm all over my 
L.A. Chargers minus the three and a half against Las Vegas. If the Chargers are really going to turn it around, they'll start it with game number one. Let's see what they've got. College football, I'm going to take Alabama laying the 18 and a half at Texas. A lot of lumber on the road against the Longhorns, but they're a much better team. And give me Florida minus the four and a half against Kentucky. And remember now, just 161 days until my Dolphins win the Super Bowl. There you have my picks. Do them as you please. Strictly, no longer strictly for entertainment purposes only. Thank you for jinxing the Chargers. I'm so happy right now. You guys have no idea. Um, Love the Chargers. Love the Chargers. Build them up. Love them. Well, it's not like they need Arnie's help. I mean, I've never seen a team that... Yeah, they've fallen short of expectations the last two years, like the Chargers get built up more than they have. But how everybody's the, on their bandwagon. So. How about the opening two weeks for Arizona? Our opening three weeks, excuse me. They start off with Kansas City, then they go to Vegas in week two, and then Arnie in week three, they play the Rams. Ooh, jeez, huh? that's brutal. Chiefs, Raiders, Rams. They go to Carolina, so that'll be Kyler versus Baker if both are healthy. Uh, and then they go to Seattle. All right, then they get Philadelphia before they go to Seattle. So rough, rough opening week, uh, opening Trey Lance, what are you thinking I in guess. that first week? I think Trey Lance is going to actually be pretty good. I, and and maybe, I'm, maybe I'm trying to base this too much on what happened whenever uh, Patrick Mahomes had some rough practices. I mean, I'm old enough to remember when Mahomes was getting ready to go into week one, everyone's like, oh, he's, he's, he's too – careless he's going to turn it over too much but I, I think he's going to be okay though I will say and I know we only have a minute so it's great that I bring this up when we only have a minute left I'm still a little miffed by the decision to bring back Jimmy G the way they did that's still a little confusing to me Arnie but well, it was for a lot less money right six million plus or whatever it was. That, I mean I can I, I don't yeah. understand it on his part I mean, I really don't. If they're going to cut you, then you can go wherever you want. But I guess he felt good about six mil in San Francisco, and maybe there's a chance after a couple weeks they can trade him if someone gets hurt. But, yeah, I'm perplexed by that. Why? How about you? How do you feel about him? Um, I, I You're thought not San Francisco in. did a great job. Um, I'm not so sure that Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't make about six or seven starts, so he's perfect right where he is. I would have done the same thing. S- uh, Peter King, where we talked about his football morning in America column last hour, where he picks New Orleans to be the number one seed in the NFC. He has Jimmy G replacing Trey Lance by week seven. Oh, so there you go. <laughs> Arnie, Funny. enjoy the Me opener too, of the National man. Football League. Man. We'll be here next wait. Sunday night. Good Lord willing to recap all the games for Bobo, for Danny G, for Steve DeSager. That's Arnie Spanier. I'm Chris Plank. Big Ben Maller coming up next on Fox Sports Radio. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare.
Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at AmericanExpress.com slash with Amex.